This week in Nintendo Main, we have John Wedgworth here to talk to us about Nerd Noise Radio. Hello. The last Metroid is in a horrible night to have a smash. Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 133. I am your host, Trey Yoku's Island Express Johnson, and uh, I have a guest this week, John. What's up, man? Do you have Do you have a nickname I just, or a middle name? I just got <laughs> peed on. Oh, yeah, you did get peed on. So we, we got <laughs> delayed a little bit because of that. But uh, John Wedgworth, you remember him from our uh, best of the best games of 2017, of course, and I'm sure you've listened to, hopefully you've listened to Nerd Noise Radio for, at some point. I know we've talked about it before on the show, but nice to have you back again. It's been a while. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. How, how's it been? How's life with it? So you have a newborn? Is that what you're saying? We have a six-month or a six-week-old baby in the house, yes. And uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's 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 a joy. It's a wonder, you know, but it also kind of turns your entire world upside down. Yeah. So, and sometimes you're, they're sitting on your knee and you're kind of bouncing them around to, to make them happy and then all of a sudden the floodgates open. Yeah. And sometimes they pee on you. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's <laughs> bound to happen to everybody, we, I'm sure. We were over at someone else's house. We were visiting someone and this happened, so. Yeah, well, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, so was it kind of like... Were you like, oh, we got to go then? Is that was it that how it was? I mean, I'm sure you don't bring a change of clothes with you, even though, or you might. I don't know if this happens. If it's a normal thing, and, and while you're out, you know, you might change another have something with you. Well, this will be the last time I don't bring a change of clothes with yeah. me. Um, no, it, the the hosts were very understanding. I said, do you guys have any like Febreze or anything so I can at least smell better? Yeah. So I sprayed the crap out of myself with Febreze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like kind of like wipe it down with a towel or something and. Just keep going. <laughs> keep yep. going with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yep. It's, I'm sure it's rough. And I'm sure your sleep schedule is like kind of all out of whack, too, with, with having the new kid and all that. Well, the nice thing is he doesn't wake up in the middle of the night that often. But so, you know, I, most of the time I sleep straight through the night, but it's we're getting to bed later than we used to. We're getting up as early or earlier than we used to. So there's kind of that pinch. And so, yeah, you do feel pretty tired. I'm I'm kind of immune to caffeine at this point. So, mm. um, you know, <laughs> my wife it. is getting up even earlier than me, but she... If she drinks caffeine, she's okay. But I'm a zombie all day, no matter what. Mm, that's rough. And do you have a? I mean, is I'm sure is one of you staying home with the kid, like in the daytime, or do you have a babysitter, or like a? Or how do you guys do that? So one of Jody's sisters uh, doesn't work. Her husband takes care, you know, provides, and uh, so she'll hop a bus and come over and spend the weekdays with oh, okay. Wyatt. So yeah, that works out well. And my dad's retired. My mom is retired, so we have them to fall back on if we need it. So. Um, I don't, I mean, unless something drastic happens, I think we can get a, get away without having to do daycare. Sure. Have you been able to uh, play games like while you're with, with the, with the new kid? Uh, I guess sometimes if they're sleeping on you, I'm sure you could, you know, grab the switch and just play a little bit, or I'm sure it's been uh, less with all the busyness. It's been a bit less. Um, you know, I take my switch to work with me and I'll play over lunch break and stuff. And that's become a lot more precious now because, my ability to play is, is reduced. Um, 
but no, I, I do get time to play. You know, the wife and I go in shifts and my daughter is 11. And so mm-hmm. we don't want to put too much burden on her. But when we need to, you know, she's happy to pitch in. So we have a third pair of hands there. Oh, and, sure. and so, no, I do get time to play. Um, I This has happened to me at least twice now, maybe three times now. But um, I was on duty. I, the baby was asleep in the car seat. We brought him in. We set him down. He was asleep. So I'm like, I'm going to get some game time in. Mm-hmm. Within 10 seconds, he's fussing and then Up within again. about another yeah. minute and a half he's crying and i have to quit playing and get him yeah it's probably nothing it, none of it's like uh perfect enough to where like the baby is asleep on you and you like have the switch up and playing it like with with the with him snoring and all that and everything's completely peaceful i'm sure that doesn't happen that often or at all well that magic sweetness hasn't happened yet and you know maybe it will maybe it won't (laughs) you know but i mean i see pictures of people sometimes like being able to play something with their you know when their kids asleep i don't know i don't have kids so but i but i understand from what i've read and from what i've seen from friends that it's pretty rough for that type of thing but yeah well you know when we're 70 80 years old and in some home and it's our turn to be in diapers you know this will all pay off in spades hopefully yeah right because they can come take take care of you that's right i hope you get you when you have your 80 year old twitch channel or something when <laughs> whatever whatever school and doing that when we're super old i hope that i can still play games in some way you know or i can get some sort of streaming service like in a in a retirement home that's what i'm hoping right like right i want to have i want to take the angle when i was your age maybe maybe when i retire retire i'll try to play like all the assassin creed games or something like that i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i would never play those games, those games yeah suck. there you go but yeah <laughs> no it would be it would be fun to be able to do to still be able to do stuff like that for retirement that's what i'm hoping yeah but uh what What's uh, what's one of the last games that you got, or like, have you bought anything recently that you want to talk about that you've yeah that you're that you're into? Yeah, no, I've uh, I've bought a bit lately. I um I just in the past couple of weeks beat Wolfenstein two on the Switch. I saw and... that. I saw that. Actually, re- let me interrupt you for a second. Uh, one of the guys that I'm working with in this movie is uh is a is a uh, character on Wolfenstein two. He does uh, voice acting for really? that. Yeah, he plays Fergus, which I accidentally killed. When I started the game, so I have to start it again and keep him alive so I can hear him a little bit. But I'm trying to get, hopefully have him on the show in the future, like in the next week or two. But he does a shit ton of uh, video game voice acting stuff. Like he was in Fire Emblem, the last two Fire Emblems, and uh, he's done like stuff for Uncharted and uh, Metal Gear Solid and stuff like that. But I thought that was cool, like especially since you know I just gotten Wolfenstein. Uh, how long is, was that game to beat? Like, is it uh, it, it couldn't be that long, right? Or I didn't keep track of the hours. It felt, it felt. Um, I would say like twenty. Probably right? comparable length to Doom, maybe a tiny yeah. bit longer. Uh, but it was well, it was nice. It was I, if you hit, play a game that's real short, you feel cheated. But if mm-hmm. you play a game that just goes on forever and ever and ever yeah. and ever, you just want it to end. Sure, you know. And I feel like uh, Wolfenstein really, really struck that that middle ground pretty nicely. But then you also have the extra content. You know, I beat the I beat the game, but I hadn't gone after any of these. Um, uber commandos and and so as soon as the end credits are over you're back in the room with uh one of the characters and they say all right let's go take out those over commanders and oh, okay and there you go so so it keeps going that's good well and that's my favorite actually that's my favorite kind of game is the kind where the main story doesn't take the rest of your life but then when the main story is over the game still go there's still more things doing yeah. mario odyssey is a great example of that mm-hmm. you know uh skyrim is oh, a great yeah, yeah. example of that yeah well, yeah, well, Skyrim is kind of like pretty much to where you can do whatever you want. You don't really have to follow the main story or go like with the main plot. Like it's the idea is like that there's a lot of different options, right? Like you can, mm-hmm. you don't even really need to care about whatever the main story is. Actually, from what I've heard, the main story is really not the fun part. Like the fun part is just creating your own world and creating your own character and all that. Sure. Well, I, 
I don't remember how many hours I logged into Skyrim. It was, it was, um, I don't know, 30 something. I mean, it wasn't insane, but it wasn't tiny. And I mostly stuck to the main campaign. I dab, I, you know, deviated a little bit, but uh-huh. I put it down with the idea that someday I'll pick it back up again and just start messing around in the world. Sure. But um, after beating uh, a Wolfenstein, I, um, I I bought Captain Toad and I bought Octopath Traveler. I also bought that Skyskipper game. Yeah. Um, and you know that Skyskipper game? It's it's not a great game, but it's also really interesting because it's like this piece of missing Nintendo history. Oh sure, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, have you had a chance to play it? I I haven't played it yet, but uh, both Jeremy and John have both played it. I watched a little bit of Je- Jeremy did a put a video on YouTube of him playing it. He said it's incredibly hard. Said it took him a long time to get to the third level. Like I said, it took him a minute to like capture something that he felt like was worth posting online because he just kept dying a lot. <laughs> you know when he started playing mm-hmm. it. But uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten it yet. But it looks it looks strange. I mean, it's like I know there's like monkeys in there. There's apes, mm-hmm. kind of Donkey Kong ish. But you're in like a plane, right? And you're like sort of flying around. Like it's a side scroller, but you can go up and down as well. But no, I haven't played it yet. Um, it's just kind of. I guess I just keep forgetting about it and getting other stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I heard it's difficult, and I'm sure I'm sure it is. You know, it's difficult and it's confusing. But when you get the idea of it, it's. I mean, it's not a great game. I don't think anyone will ever say it's a great game, but it's not terrible. And it was uh, you know, eight bucks for a piece of like lost Nintendo history. It's sure. totally worth the price, in my opinion. Just yeah. for the cool factor alone. I mean, the game's kind of like thrown in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just if you like want to see like a game a, a Nintendo arcade game that's just been hidden. I didn't even know about it until a couple of weeks ago, so you know, it's worth it for that. I just I haven't gotten around to getting it yet, but I will eventually. And I get a lot of those Neo Geo arcade um games. Like I just got that bowling game, the bowling league or league bowling, which is pretty great. It's you were just talking about that in the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just got I just got it like last week, but yeah, that game's cool. It's like really fast-paced and it's a yeah, you can actually play in split screen and all that. And it's a good solid yeah. bowling game if you like the style of like Mar or uh, Super Monkey Ball. It's like kind of reminds me of that. Minus like okay. all the crazy moving lanes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I want to buy more of those Neo Geo games. I I really love the Neo Geo. I um, well, it was one of the most irresponsible purchases I ever made in retro gaming history. I was it was oh, 2005, yeah. and it was a Japanese AES and a Japanese Neo Geo CD. Mm. Uh, two games for each. Two controllers for each. And shipping from Japan, it was like five hundred dollars, and um, I mean they they probably go for a lot more than that now. But back then, that was just an insane amount of money. And yeah, and I, yeah, I don't know you what... know my physical my physical collection has neither grown nor shrink since. I still have two hard copies of <laughs> Neo Geo AES and uh, two Neo Geo CD games, the same two. But I, I love I love playing those Neo Geo games. They're so interesting. It's like um, which, which which games do you have? Of the uh, the two CDs. Well, this I have Fatal, uh, Fatal Fury Special, uh, and then I have Samurai Spirits RPG, which is totally in Japanese. Oh and, wow! Yeah, you know, I know you and I have both studied a little bit of Japanese, but there's no way I, I don't. <laughs> I think you've stu- yeah, you studied it better than I have. Like I'm not, I'm not very good at it. Well, uh, yeah. the most, I mean, the most advanced thing I ever taught myself how to say in Japanese was. Uh, I'm an American, of course. My English is bad, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but so there's no way I could ever. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's a goal. Maybe that's a benchmark. Like I get far enough into Japanese that I can kind of track with what's going on, and then let's see if I can play play along with this game. But we're yeah. definitely not there right now. That would be great to be able to actually play a Japanese RPG like with full Japanese text. Like I don't see myself being able to do that anytime soon. But it would be really cool if you could, you know, because then you could play a lot of like Famicom games that like weren't didn't come out here or whatever. And I'm sure that game was cool. You know, I mean, I always like those. Uh, 
the samurai showdown samurai spirit games you know it'd be interesting to see it as an rpg yeah well and and that was actually a big part of the draw for me um well i i don't want to take us down too much of a tangent as far as this goes because this is so kind of meta to what we're talking about but um a few years ago i really started to pursue languages and you know being a a late 30s middle class family man living in a mid-sized city in the middle of the Midwest. Uh, I'm not pursuing fluency isn't the goal because I don't have the immersion opportunities to sure. do that uh, yeah. here in Des Moines. Um, and and so I figured rather than trying to beat my head against the wall, becoming a mile deep and an inch wide, I thought, hey, why don't I become a mile wide and an inch deep, get to the point where I can make basic conversation, you know, A1 or A2 level in as many languages as I can and and then go with that, see how far that takes me. Um yeah. Beyond being kind of a cool parlor trick for the Midwest to be able to just bust into another language in front of people, um, it also the more, when you study a language, it unlocks a culture to you. It unlocks a world to you, and it's really it's really great to experience that. And but before I started looking into Japanese, the first language I went after was German. And you know, it's funny. I play Wolfenstein, and and um, I can actually understand some of those posters on the wall. I can understand little bits of the German going on, like the newspaper oh, you pick okay. up. To, um, wow, let me try that again. Die neue Wahrheit. That just means the new truth, you know. Okay, so or it's actually the, you know Verdensee oh. ein ein uh, oh what do they call those uh, super soldiers? Something soldat, you know, it's become this super soldier kind of thing, and then it says uh, uh, travel adventure, uh, you know, that kind of stuff under the, on the bottom side of the poster, and it's just to me, it's really exciting to come across this thing happening in a foreign language and be like, like, Holy crap, I understand what's going on here, you know? So, but yeah, I would love to, um, I'd love to get to the point in Japanese where I can play, say Octopath Traveler in Japanese. I already set the voice to Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me but, too. You know, text of course is still in English. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course. So. I mean, I, any, any Japanese game that I play, if there's an option, I always like to play it in Japanese, like with the audio being in Japanese, same with like any sort of anime that I watch. I always want to watch it in the actual, dialogue or the you know and then read the subtitles and all that aside from uh dubs you know i like subs over dubs of course yeah me too well and i'm glad you said that because i mean i'm i've only recently started dabbling in anime and the only series i've really watched i guess for realsies is jojo's bizarre adventure and okay. i haven't but seen I that definitely, yeah. it's it's wonderful you know it's it's a wonderful series i love it but um yeah i definitely prefer sub over dub it, you know it's just because dub these guys these voice actors might be amazingly talented actors but they just always sound stupid because the, you're trying <laughs> to fit this uh square peg into a round hole the cadence is so wrong you know that you have yeah. to really take on kind of an unnatural cadence in your english to make it fit mm-hmm. you yeah. know if you're uh, trying to like actually, and it always sounds so yeah. stupid to me if you're trying to actually like fit the way the mouth moves and all that, a lot of times they get some yeah. pretty good voice actors for it. And I'm not like totally hating on uh, dubbing and all that. I just, I just prefer to hear the original, like how it was originally recorded and all that. And I don't mind, you know, I don't mind reading, reading subtitles and all, and all that. And I'm not really, I'm not really that well versed in anime. I've only watched like a few shows, you know, so I don't really, I'm not claiming to know a whole lot of it, but the stuff, but like anime movies and stuff like that, if I can, I try to watch it in Japanese, you know, like the Studio Ghibli stuff. That type yeah. of thing, and I've been watching. Uh, I've been trying to watch like a uh, One Piece uh, on you know lately, and I made it into like that's actually the farthest I think I've got on a, on any anime series. So I think that says something to to the show. But I've made it into like twenty episodes, just farther that I get than I get in most of them. 
What I like about that is it hasn't got it hasn't gotten to a school yet, so that's good for me. I, I get I feel like every anime I liked ended up they ended up going to school eventually, and then I kind of like <laughs> got got not interested in it when they all went to school. No, seriously, yeah. like everyone I watched before that, it's like. Why do they have to? Why does it always have to end up at school? Like, why do they always have to be in school? Like in the end, like you know, in, towards the middle of the of the show, they always end up in some sort of school situation. I'm like, why? And I just and I kind of fall out of it after that because I don't care about school stuff, you know. We, <laughs> but, yeah, well, if we pursue the if we pursue the pursuit of anime and Japanese culture long enough, we'll eventually understand its importance to the culture that makes it so central to the. Oh sure, thing. no, I mean yeah. Well, I, and. And and one I guess one last thing I'll say about the anime before we move on is, um, if I go, I kind of watch the JoJo's Biz- uh, Bizarre Adventure in fits and starts. I'll go weeks or months without watching any, and then I'll sit down and watch like ten episodes in a row. You know, just just a binge on it. And you know, it's weird. The first episode that I watch, whenever I do that, always feels. I feel like the cultural barriers kind of back up a little bit. It feels a little unnatural and awkward. But by the time that episode's over and the second episode is starting, that that that's gone. It just, I'm so immersed in the story and in the world and the characters, nothing feels unnatural or weird to me anymore. You know, I have to step away from it for a while and let that barrier kind of, or kind of let that build back up before that happens again, you know? So you have to kind of get into the groove of the, uh, the series, like where you understand, Oh, it's on uh, Jojo's on Hulu. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of my anime stuff on Hulu, and they actually have a lot of stuff on there. I am um, I'm actually paying for the uh, Crunchyroll subscription. That's how I'm watching it. Oh, so okay. you'll have to let me know if uh, JoJo is in sub or dub on on Hulu because it's, it's in sub on Crunchyroll. It's subbed. I'm looking. It is. Okay. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's it's okay. uh, it's sub. Actually, a lot of them have both. Like uh, I, I, uh, One Piece doesn't, but I've seen other anime where you can watch it dubbed or subbed. Like okay. Each episode gives you both options. I think uh, I think My Hero Academia is like that, where you can do either one. Which I watched like ten episodes of that. But once I said, once again, like I said, that's all school stuff. I mean, Academia. So I kind of <laughs> didn't really get into the school stuff. But but yeah, so most of the time they give you an option, one or the other. I know I watched a little bit of Rama Ranma recently, and that's uh, that also has the same thing where you can sub it or dub it. So it's nice that you have choices there. You can do the, you can do the voiceover and not the voiceover. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that we live in a world where you can do that. Where you don't have to watch the badly dubbed version. It, it was really <laughs> cool to be able to watch like because I grew up watching Godzilla movies and all that, and they were all dubbed. You know, because it was like VHS tapes, and you had no option to watch it in its original like language and all that. And I was thought it was really cool when I started getting Godzilla DVDs, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can finally like watch the Japanese, you know, the Japanese audio of it and watch subtitles. And I thought that was neat. I guess, you know, because as a kid, I just always thought the badly dubbing was part of it, but it's, it makes it cooler to be able to do it the original way that it is. And it's nice that we're in a time where you can, where everything's accessible and you can actually do that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, we got, yeah, we got completely off topic of uh, what games, what games you got recently or what you've, what you've been playing, which is fine. We can, we can uh, go on tangents, you know. Works, oh, works those well are the best the conversations. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't go on a tangent, then. I mean, that's not an ordinary conversation. Um, Octopath Traveler is what's been taking up most of my time since beating Wolfenstein. I think I've probably put, I don't know, six hours into Octopath. Oh, I, uh, you're ahead of me. With, I'm not that far. So I'm, I'm, well, not a, I'm only about five. So 
But okay. I, but my fiance well, which is character did like you start eleven? With? I think uh, I started with Hannah, but she's still probably my favorite character of the whole game. But okay. I only have four characters. Who who did you start with? I started with Ulbrick, uh because I recognized him from the demo. Oh, okay. I didn't want to. I don't know. I didn't want to play like characters that I'd already played in the demo, so I stayed away from Primrose and Ulbrick. So I just I wanted to pick somebody that I'd never seen before. And and Hannah's like a you know she's a warrior. She's kind of like there's kind of a little bit of a Pokemon mechanic with her. You can you can capture. Uh, guys that you fight and use them they're kind of they're kind of like items but you can still capture capture uh, enemies and use them against other enemies so i liked her and she's pretty strong she's probably one of the more strong characters that i've gotten yeah well i look forward to getting to her i just i uh after finishing the old brick story which in the demo i never did the, the demo didn't really connect with me oh um, oh yeah I, it, I like the demo oh i like both of them there's well, the second one was basically the game. Was it the first in three hours of the game? You know. Yeah. So let's see. I went north, met Tressa, and now I just arrived at the next one north. I can't remember the character Cyrus or something like. I think it's Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus is one of the characters. I haven't gotten to him yet, but I know that name. Okay, I just arrived there, so that's where I am in the game. Yeah, I, I just got to Primrose. So, how many characters have you gotten total? Are you still? Are you at four? Or have you made it to five or six? Oh no 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 no! Um, I'm just arriving at my third. So oh okay yeah because right. I'm around like five hours and I just made it to my fourth. So I guess it, it depends on where they are or where you are on the map and like how much stuff you have to go through to get to one one or another. Yeah, or putting putting it down for the baby, or you know just sitting and listening to the music. I I love the music music in yeah. that game. Yeah, if you uh, I don't know if you're there's a game that I've been pushing. If you've been listening to the show at all, uh, Ease Eight, the Lacrimosa, Lacrimosa of Dana. That game's fantastic, and the music is amazing on it. I actually bought, I even bought the soundtrack on iTunes. It was like twenty bucks, twenty something dollars, but it was totally worth it. It's a badass soundtrack. Um, I'll look into it. I mean, the, the Ease soundtrack, his, the Ease series historically has had some really good music, and I feel like such a such a loser here because the only the only Ease game I've ever actually played, believe it or not, is. Um, the the original one on the master system. I mean, oh wow! That's the only one I played. Well, there was that's a, the one where it had the weird mechanic where you run there was into no people. attack button. You had to bump into them just right. Yeah, wasn't that on yeah. uh, wasn't that on uh, Turbo Graphics also? I feel like East One and Two was on Turbo Graphics sixteen as well. Uh, well, there definitely was. Well, maybe. I, yeah, I think East One and Two was on the Turbo Graphics CD. Um, yeah, because I know get it was a, originally a PC eighty yeah. eight thing, but okay. Um, I, my only experience is the Master System version, and I think the Master System version they called the Vanished Omen, the Vanished Omens, but I think it's still the same game as Ease oh, okay. One. I mean, the only the only Ease game that I've played is Ease Eight, so <laughs> you'll be fine, man. <laughs> I just, I mean, really, the only game I played is the one on, that's on Switch right now. But it doesn't okay. really, it doesn't really matter, like whether you've played them or not. It's not really the story's not about previous versions. It's kind of like Final Fantasy. I guess some of the characters are like appear in all of them, but I didn't feel lost at all in the story. Like there wasn't I didn't feel like there was something I needed to know that you know it just kind of just drops you right into it and I never felt like I needed to play another game to get it. But it's a really fun like action RPG. It's like really it's really fast. I would even say that it's better than Xenoblade. Just to me, I mean, I know I got, I've gotten people have tried to fight me about that before, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it, it's much more approachable. Like there's not, it, it's, it, it, there isn't, I think the way that Jeremy asked me about it is like, uh, you know, if you're like in a fight and you're like 50 feet away from the monster, the monster can't kill you. Whereas in Xenoblade, you can, you know, where you're like running away and you're way far away from the beast and the beast can still hit you and then you die, you know, even though you're nowhere near each other. It doesn't work like that. It's much more action-based. There's no, like, battle screen or there's no, like, changing. You know, like, a lot of times where, like, and even, like, um, 
the Shining Resonance game does that as well, where like it turns changes to a different thing where you're in like an arena or something, you know, and you have to stay in there to stay in the fight. It's not like that. It's more like it's more like action based, where you just hit the guy or you dodge and you can run away and you just and then you run away. You know, there's not a separate battle thing to it, and I think that works really well for it. And I appreciate that. I um, you know, hopefully Octopath Traveler will kind of break me of this, but historically I have not really liked um grinding especially the kind of grinding where it takes you out of the sequence to do it you know? oh sure well yeah it really halts the yeah it, it, i mean it halts the pace of the story i mean nobody wants to do that to have to go grind for a while and then come back you know well the analogy that i came up with back in the final fantasy days was it's like it's like being upstairs being a kid at home and being upstairs in your room reading the most amazing book ever and then every five minutes your mom shouts from downstairs take out the trash yeah you know yeah, right. or, i mean it just rips you violently out of this. And, and they put so much time and effort and energy into creating this spectacular world only to constantly rip you out of it for pointlessness. You know, I mean, that's that's a mechanic that has never resonated with me. But I don't know. I mean, you know, Octopath does the exact same thing. But for whatever reason, I'm not at least not yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating it in Octopath. So yeah. hopefully I mean, because I, I love RPGs in principle, but I spend so little time with RPGs for that very reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping Octopath will kind of, I don't know, make me OK with that again mm-hmm. so I can yeah. start doing more RPGs. I feel like I feel like a lot of the modern RPGs have really taken out the grinding aspect, though. Like, I mean, I don't feel like that's there's a whole lot of that where you have to, like, leave and go, like, level up and then come back. Like, I haven't really ran into that. And I played a lot. I played through a lot of the Dragon Quest games. And I felt like those, I mean, I didn't find that, like, those were grindy. Like, I played the I played the DS remakes of, like, 4 or 5. And I, didn't, I haven't played 6 yet, but I did play 4 and 5. And I played 7 also on 3DS. And I didn't find it grindy. I mean, yeah, towards the end, it's going to get harder, but... You basically go through that same dungeon and fight the boss until you beat the boss. Like, that's basically what I did. I didn't actually, like, go and, like, grind, I guess. I just kept trying to go through that last dungeon again until I leveled up enough to beat it, you know. Or figured out or figured out the way the final boss worked, you know, enough to, like, buff and debuff and all that, you know, to make it work. So, and I, and I don't think Octopath is super grindy. I mean, I know there's, like, warnings on, like, different areas, like, whether you can, whether you should go in there or not. You know, where it has, like, the danger level, like, showing, like, your what level you should be at and all that. And mm-hmm. I guess I think it's trying to, like, let you know that, like, oh, yeah, you're, you might die in a couple hits if you go here. But I like it's like that you can actually, you could, if you, you were daring enough, you could go there and try to see how long you could survive, you know. But I never felt like I needed to, like, like, I felt like I leveled up enough just going through the game, you know. Like, I didn't feel like I was underpowered or anything like that when I got to whatever part I was trying to finish you know but i haven't like i said i've only gotten four characters so i don't know i've heard that some bosses are harder than others but but it hasn't really i don't I haven't got to the point where i feel like i need to like go go grind out some levels and all that which i don't think i really have i don't know i, I feel like a lot of the new like i said a lot of the new rpgs is kind of like streamline that where you don't really have to don't have to grind it were you ever sure. i mean are you a fan of I, I thought when you originally were talking i thought you were gonna say uh that you didn't like turn-based battle like how do you feel about that well i guess i don't have a problem with turn-based um it's it's more the idea of ripping you from this wonderful world to, to for yeah. for uh, something with no story benefit whatsoever. Sure, um, yeah. Just... Whether it's turn based or not, I guess. I mean, that doesn't. I can live either way. I mean, um, it's not a really popular RPG, but there's a Sega Genesis RPG called Sword of Vermilion, and I've heard of it. it. it the, you've heard of it? Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever played it? I haven't played it, but I know that I've read about it. Okay. I mean, it sounds very okay. familiar to me. I'm surprised I haven't because I like. Uh, I mean, I like RPGs, and I, I'm i a big fan of Fantasy Star, of, the, of that part of Sega. And I played the Shining Forces stuff as well. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of people pan it as a bad game, and I actually rather liked it. It does have the uh, it does have the dynamic where it'll take you out of the world for a battle, but then it's not turn based. Then you're in this little kind of you know full screen area where there's monsters and and stuff, and you just you fight them. The the mechanics are real wooden. You know, it's I don't know. Maybe it's more of a nostalgia thing for me, and more of a soundtrack. It does have a an amazing soundtrack. I will I will say that about it. But sure. Um, I just was using it as an example to uh, counterbalance the turn-based stuff. So I don't like the big objection is taking you out of the world, whether it's turn-based or mm. or open combat. After that, I'm I, sure yeah, it's not yeah. a big difference to me. Yeah, and that sucks when you're like all of a sudden at a part and you're like, oh, I can't beat this thing. Like, what's is there? Some, do I have to go like level up more and make myself more? And that and that sucks. And you know, hopefully, I hope there's not a lot of that in uh, Octopath. But what I'm really interested in Octopath is. What happens when all of the separate stories end? Like, is like, what is the big bad? Like, I haven't really, I haven't looked into it, you know, because I don't want to look at spoilers or anything. So I haven't really. I'm sure you could find it if you look for it, but I'm curious to see what happens. Like, because I know every character has like different chapters and all that, but once you get through all of them, do they actually like come together and find some sort of like world menacing boss to fight? I mean, there has to be, right? Like, I'm just curious as to how the game's going to wrap up at the end, you know, how they're going to bring it all together. Well, I and I have no idea about that either because I haven't wanted to spoil anything. Um, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll just leave myself pleasantly – let myself be pleasantly surprised for that. Sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not researching it at all. I'm just curious. I mean, it just gives me more reason to want to play it, right? You know, it's like I, I want to see how it all comes together. But I'm not going to look out and go out and try to find it because I don't want it to be spoiled for me. You know, I want to find it on my own. Yeah. As I go. Well, and if it turns out to be a disappointing outcome, I I think I'd still rather. I mean, if I if I find out at this early stage that the ending is disappointing, it might disincentivize me from finishing the story. Because you know, even oh, if the sure. end is yeah. anticlimactic, the, the experience of the game would be good, and I might rob myself of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it'd be like a was it Mass Effect three? Like everybody was mad about that ending, and I never played through the game all the way but a similar thing where it's like i don't want to see that everybody everybody just likes it unless you're curious to see how bad it is you know or why people didn't like it but yeah no but octopath is a really cool game it's actually it broke a million is what jeremy was saying on the last show so i'm I'm really i'm really happy that they're selling a lot hopefully square will actually figure out like what their fans want now because they've i feel like square enix has been kind of confused over the years as to what people actually want from them i mean i don't think I don't think anybody wanted like two sequels to Final Fantasy 13, but they did that anyway. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it just like seems to, they, they just seem kind of confused. Like, it's like, I don't know where they, they did all this new weird RPG stuff that wasn't really quite what they got famous on. And then they make something like Brave the Default and they sell a bunch of copies and they're like, oh, people really wanted turn based strategy and the, or t- turn based RPGs. And it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of like what you got famous for originally. So. Maybe you shouldn't stepped away from that. So I'm, I'll be interested to see what their next step is after Octopath. Would they make like Octopath Two, or would they do some other? I don't know. Apparently, there's a whole group that's making Switch games from Square. So and they said they haven't unveiled what they're working on. So I'm really interested to see what it is aside from like you know like I Am Setsuna and all that stuff, which I never really played those games, but they didn't look all that appealing from what I saw. Yeah, um, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, but. There was rumors about Final Fantasy 15 coming to the Switch. Now I've heard, I've also heard that that might be um, a scaled down version of the the fat version, or mm. it might be a slightly beefed up version of the mobile version. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I heard. I, I could I, see. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying. I heard. Uh, I did. I do remember them talking about it, but then, but then I also heard them say that it couldn't run on the Switch. So that was the last I heard of it. 
And then there were people talking about maybe the mobile version that they did putting it on there. But I remember that they were talking about putting it on there, but there was a, a statement from Square saying that, like, as is, the Final Fantasy XV couldn't run on the Switch. So they would have to I, do some sort of different version of it. I don't know. Um, I don't know. You see things like, well, and I don't, I haven't tried running Wolfenstein on my PC, um, but I have Final Fantasy 15 Windows Edition on my PC, and mm. it struggles, a, a GTX 1070 struggles with it, you know, running ultra, like max everything. I had to turn down the resolution scale to keep it at 30 frames a second. But I guess the point is, is I don't have a direct comparison for Final Fantasy 15 and Wolfenstein, but Wolfenstein runs respectably on the Switch. I'm, sure. I'm hesitant to believe that the system simply can't do it. I think the better... I think it's more like it requires uh, compromises. Sure, it requires concessions. And maybe they just feel these concessions are too heavy to justify it, maybe. But I don't know. I I find myself really resistant to the notion of the system simply can't do it, literally can't do it. Sure. Um, Maybe they need to hire a panic button to do it. I mean, uh, you know, those guys seem to be pretty good. They're they're doing awesome on the system. Yeah, they're doing amazing things. I I think that um, I felt like that statement, like, of that it couldn't handle it was probably pretty early, like, before, like, Doom and definitely before Wolfenstein had come out yet. So. Maybe they just yeah, maybe they don't have the right people to do it, or maybe they were just trying to do it as is, or I'm sure if they tweaked it they could make it on there. Especially like seeing what they did with Wolfenstein and, and Doom and all that. We've been uh we've been talking we've just been kinda talking about stuff and recording it. We were talking about uh Square Games and Octopath Traveler was the last thing we were talking about. Oh, did you get Octopath, John? Yeah, I'm about six or six hours into it or so. You like it so far? Yeah, yeah, I do. I I was just telling Trey that I'm hoping it'll kind of burn away my objections to uh, grinding that have kept me away from so many RPGs. Yeah, I mean, there's grinding for sure, but... Does it make... I mean, but you don't necessarily have to go and, like, level up to get to the next part, do you? I don't... I think if you don't run away from battles and you fight all the battles you get into, then you don't really need to grind, but... Well, yeah. Sometimes I'll be, like, running really low and I'll, like, you know, I'll get through an area and then I'll realize I I just need to go back and be able to kill all those enemies before I go to the next area. Mm. I, I, I do miss the, uh, like in the in the Bravely Default games, you could actually, there was a slider to where you could change like how often the random battles happen, even to the point where you could completely turn them off. And I kind of wish they would have like kept that in with uh, Octopath. It was a nice thing, like if you got stuck in a dungeon and you knew you couldn't make it out, you could just turn them off and then you just walk out of the dungeon. You know, I thought that was I like, really, Or really like removal thing. charm in Final Fantasy VI. Could you do that too? What, well, uh, in Final in Final Fantasy VI, you got when you got Mog Mog in the Ru- world of ruin, he came equipped with a Mog charm that would prevent random battles. Oh, okay. Yeah. The first time I, I played the game, that. I didn't realize what it was, and I sold it. Yeah, I probably. I probably <laughs> did the same thing. You can't get that thing back once yeah. you sell it. Because I don't remember. It's pretty ever nice because all you have to do yeah. is have him in your party with that equipped, and I think it's a relic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you cannot get. I, from what I heard, there's a character that you get later. Oh, you got it's your mod. It's my mod kit. Finally got it. You got your mod kit. From what I heard, there is a character that you get later in Octopath Traveler that'll help you. Will help like cut down the battles. Like it'll make less. I forget who it is, but one of them, yeah, will has the, the, has the ability. Fun, but, to, I, mean, I mean, the percentage as of fun how as many they times are, you they get. get a little yeah. repetitive. Oh sure, well, yeah. And I'll, I'll go ahead and repeat what I said to you, Trey, for for Jeremy's sake. Um, the thing I dislike so much is when a. a a random battle just pulls you out of the story and for no 
story benefit. You know, the the uh, back in the Final Fantasy days, the metaphor I had was imagine being a kid living at your parents' house and you're upstairs reading the coolest book ever. But every five minutes, your mom shouts from downstairs, take out the trash. You know, I mean, that's kind of what turned me. That's kind of what turned me off to a lot of RPG games. Just that that constantly being ripped out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty appropriate, too, because it, it does feel like a chore. Yeah. And th- and that happens in other games, too. Like when you when you like the way you talk about it, that it reminds me of uh, some of the Metroid games, the Metroid Pride games were like that as well, where it's like you get to a point and it's like, oh, no, you didn't collect all of these like things that will get you to the final level. So now go do that, you know, and then just completely utter- interrupts the whole pace of the game where you're just having fun the way it was. And it's like, oh, no, now I got to go back and collect all this shit. Other games, yeah, other stuff has done that in a different way. That's less grind, but yeah, no, it sucks when you have to when you have to stop what you're doing and, and go back and, and grind it up. Is there uh were there, were there any other games that you had got that that you've been playing? Um, uh, if we go back in time a little bit further, I uh, spent some time playing Bloodstained. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I uh, really loved N plus plus. I mean, it was just great mindless fun, and I loved the uh, aesthetic of it. The the wire the wiry graphics, but especially the music. You know, it's like. Uh, mm. It's like space music with bass and a beat. I just, I love that stuff. Um, I'm going to work a few tracks from that into 2019's content for my show. I just, you know, I can't justify a full soundtrack focus, but I'm going to try to sneak as much of that stuff in as I can. Sure. Um, and then Rocket League. I totally fell for Rocket League. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the John likes that game a lot, but the, the other John, but I, uh, I I deleted it off my system. I don't really I don't really play it. I I'm not really I'm not really a competitive player, and I'm more of a single player. So I mean, I like playing the Splatoon stuff, I guess, but I don't play it a lot. So and Fortnite a little bit. Yeah, well, I like Fortnite better than than uh, Rocket League as well. But I I don't know. I just didn't maybe because I suck so much at it, and people would just score on me constantly. But it just <laughs> I well, just can't do it. I don't know. I've gotten a little better at it, but I'm glad you mentioned Fortnite because that's actually one I forgot to mention. I downloaded Fortnite. I played it a grand total of once. Um, I uh, When I jumped out of the bus, I drifted towards the far end of the map, found this little place to camp out, and didn't realize the cloud wall was going to come and kill me, and that's how yeah. I ended up getting taken out. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch Got to watch that cloud, man. Well, if you hit the, hit the minus button, you can look at the map and see where the cloud is. I actually, I, I really like Fortnite. I don't understand why people are hating on it. I think it's a fun game, and I understand why people like it. Like, I mean, it's a cool idea. Like, a, I like the idea that you're always on the same level, and and I thought it was cool that like no matter how much money you put into it, you'll your character will never change. Like, your character will never get any stronger. You'll just have a different outfit. That's all it is, and I kind of like that. Like, you can't really, you can't pay to win in that game. That's not, there's no such thing. You actually actually have skill because everybody starts at the same level, and that's part of what I think is the big appeal of that. But I don't know. You should give it another try. Uh, I think I think Fortnite's is, is a fun game. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah, just watch out for that. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Jeremy and I, we did a few of the duo stuff, which which is fun. Like, if you can talk over Skype or whatever with whoever you're playing with. And a lot of times you forget about the storm, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're stuck in the storm, and then you got to run through it. But thankfully, it doesn't take away your life that quickly. So if you're close enough, you can run. You can run out of it. But but if the sure. crowds have thinned a lot, you have to run really far. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, towards th- the there end, there is one video yeah. we captured where we both died because we had to run like over halfway <laughs> across the map. Yeah, and then we did lose all of our life in that. Yeah, which always sucks when you get when you get stuck in the fucking pink cloud, and you're like, ah. Eh. 
But they, but they, I like how they have the like season mode where they keep adding stuff to it. Like now there's like weird warp things that'll like throw you into the sky if you find them. And there's like golf carts you can drive around and there's like parts of the map that have been changed for like season five and stuff like that. So it's cool that they're doing things to change it, you know, to keep it exciting and all that. And I know they've yeah. changed like, uh, I know they tried to balance the weapons differently. Like they've made some stronger than others and all that. So. You know, they're just constantly working on it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I definitely want to try it again. I think the reason that I didn't um, go right back into it is just, I'm like, you know, do I really want to put a crap ton of time into this right now when I'm going to get just utterly embarrassed by some 11-year-old who's just now trying their, just discovering the fine arts of profanity and trying to first flap their wings in that world, you know? Well, you don't have to listen to the voice chat. <laughs> you can you can mute everybody. I mean, I haven't really heard. I'm the only person I've heard voice chat was a friend of mine that like Jeremy and I and uh, was it you and me and and John and then uh, and yeah, then, yeah. And then he was our fourth. Yeah, we had a we had a four person thing, so it was like John and me and Jeremy all on Skype talking. But then my friend Jesse was also on there, but he was like voice chatting to us through the system because you can do that now. And it was like a, it was basically like the voice of God telling us where to do it, was what, where to go. It was so <laughs> weird. But I've done the, I've done the solo mode and nobody's, you know, I haven't heard anybody say anything. I guess if you're, I think if you're not in squads or like 50 versus 50, you won't hear any of that, anybody saying anything. You know, I have not run into like a random person just saying shit, you know. And if I'm not playing on a team, I just play solo, which I think is better because it's easier to kill people in solo. Because there's not a team to come back and bring them back to life after you shoot one person. So I, I think that's a good way to play if you don't. Have I usually hear a lot a of profanity when I play, but it's coming out of my own mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, there's a guy over there. No, look out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, there, there's so many games on the Switch, though, that it's like, it's hard to figure, you know, it's hard to split your time from one, from one to another, you know? Yeah, like and that. then, you know, even though the Switch is by far my favorite system, um, even though I spend more time on the Switch than I do all the other systems combined, mm -hmm. I do still have a quote-unquote non-Tendo life. Sure. You know, I mean, I just downloaded No Man's Sky on the PC, and I look forward to firing that up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, now that did you get it on Steam sale or something? Uh, yes, I did. Yep. Well, now they, uh, like, sort of, I like... wonder what that multiplayer mode is like. That's People seem to like it Supposedly gives new now. life to the game or something. Well, it kind of like failed originally, from what I heard. Like, it didn't really give you all the things that it promised. But they, but like most games, they keep patching it and making it better. And uh, and the, the multiplayer thing was something they advertised, but it was never really there at the beginning. But now it's like, I guess it was to the point where you like saw a little dot that was supposed to be the character, but you couldn't interact. But now you can actually meet each other on planets and stuff like that, which is the big appeal of what's people getting into it right now. Yeah, and that's the news is that they've really put a lot into getting the game to where it's supposed to be. And, and you know, I mean, they've done... Yeah, I've watched some... Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Digital Foundry. Do you guys watch those videos? I mean, I'm sure I, I recognize the name. I'm sure I've seen one or two at one point. I don't watch a whole lot of YouTube stuff, but I okay. do recognize that name. Okay. Well, they did, like, a tech analysis of it and all that stuff. And they've really... They've, they've made the world so much bigger and better, and the things you can do in the game so much bigger and better, but they've also really tweaked the graphics and stuff, too, so... Yeah, I look forward to trying it. Next time we talk, maybe I'll have something of intelligence to say about it. Oh, no, that, that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to, don't have to play everything. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I have a PS4, and I just, uh, ever since I started, like, streaming stuff and all that, I've mostly just been playing Switch stuff, just for content for our YouTube channel and all that. 
So my PS4 is kind of I only watch I only watch Hulu on it and that's basically all I do with it. <laughs> you know, I, I watch one piece. Yeah. I well, watch one piece on my PS4 and that's about it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's uh, I'm planning on once Dragon Quest Eleven comes out, I'll be playing it on that, of course, because I can't wait for it to come out to Switch. I'm too much of a fan of the series that I'll just have to be Nintendo for for that time and I'll just stream it as as Nintendo, whatever. You know. <laughs> I can make it work. You, you guys ought to do an April Fool's episode called Nintendo Domain. Like change your like for for that one episode, change everything, and you've mm. abandoned Nintendo and you're doing nothing but Sony and Xbox stuff yeah. now. I wouldn't have a whole lot to talk about because because most of the stuff <laughs> that I like is what's on Nintendo. You know, I mean, especially Xbox. It's like what I don't know what they have that I would actually talk about. Like uh, Forza. I mean, I don't like I don't like realistic car games. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that. It's got some uh, real-time yeah. steering, I We can talk about PlayStation 2. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I could talk about that because yeah. you know, I played that. The most successful know. system ever. or It's still the most successful system ever, isn't it, the PS2? Yeah. Even though I think okay. that it didn't the didn't the Switch like out, like it was quicker selling, like it said it sold more units faster than the it PS2. It might have, but... But not total, of course, because the PS2... The PS2's got the lifetime record for sure. Yeah, because they kept making games I think the for PS2's the only system that... Yeah, I think it was the only system that outlived the Atari 2600. What, for like still being around? For longevity. Okay, I mean, they're still making games for Wii now. Did they make a Just Dance for uh, PlayStation 2 also? <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, because they made because they, they made, made Brazil because they made a brand <laughs> yeah, new. Yeah. I mean, they made a brand new Just Dance game for for Wii. You know, yeah. So yeah. they might as well make a PS2 one too. You know, people probably still play that. Yeah. Well, you talked about the PlayStation. I my PlayStation. I have the Pro, um, but it's basically a console exclusive uh, and PS Plus freebie machine, and that's it. I don't really do anything else with it. I don't. Mm do streaming on it. I don't play third-party games on it because the third-party games I'm going to play elsewhere. I'm going to play them on PC or I'm going to play them on Xbox One X or I'm mm. going to play them on Switch, you know. Yeah. So. Sure. Uh, I was, we before we got completely distracted when we were talking about Wolfenstein, I wanted to ask you, uh, what, what do you like better, Doom or Wolfenstein? What, after playing <clears> through both of them? Or did you play through all of Doom? Yeah, I did. What, um, do you, what are your thoughts on those? That is tough. Uh, that is very tough. I think... Man, man, I was not expecting that question. I think uh, from a story perspective, I definitely, I mean, Wolfenstein has definitely got more of a story. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but Doom is so much fun. Like, I love Doom. Like, I, I haven't played enough of Wolfenstein to really, like, say one or the other, but so far I love Doom so much more than Wolfenstein. I think if you held a gun to my head, um, I would say I probably prefer the, just the the raw gameplay, I would probably prefer Doom. Uh, and I think I probably prefer the aesthetics of Doom, um, although they really do a really great job with a dystopian alternate future mm-hmm. or alternate past in Wolfenstein. Sure. And it's it's well, it's really weird. It's a dystopian utopia almost because the technology is so outrageous, you know, like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I think I think Wolfenstein is a much deeper game. I think it's much more content rich. But in terms of fun, just fun factor and simple enjoyment. Yeah, I think I got to give it to Doom. I just like uh, I just like the simplicity of Doom. I mean, I think that's I think that's kind of what drove me away from a lot of the new first person shooters. It's like that they're just I don't know they just became something that I didn't really like anymore. It's just uh, too complex or too like twitch shooting or whatever. And uh, and uh, I don't know Doom was just like it was exactly what I wanted from a game like that. It was just like it was it was very approachable. It was very like streamlined and it was very much like here's where you go, here's where it is on the map. And Wolfenstein actually found myself getting lost a lot because there wasn't that. Like I didn't know where the point was where I where I had to go, 
So I would wander around a lot and get completely lost and not know where to go, you know. Whereas Doom, you always know where the next part is. And it's just like getting to the next part and fighting more and more demons. And I kind of liked the simplicity of it in that way. And it was really enjoyable to me. I Yeah, I guess the only thing I would say in favor of Wolfenstein is um, when you play Doom, there's something of a fatigue that happens as, as you get towards the end of the game. Oh, no, just, no. I totally oh, just agree more with that. Of this, yeah. Right. And yeah. No, it's like how many? Little, you yeah. have a little bit of that with Wolfenstein, but <laughs> not quite as much. Yeah, no, I definitely got that when I got towards the end of Doom, where I was like, it's like, how many, it's like, can you fight like 50 characters at once? And it's like, the next one is like, hey, how about 60? You know, I felt like that was like everything at the very end there. And it did kind of piss me off, you know, because I, it's just like, oh, wait, how can you, do you want to fight another room filled with demons? It's like, all right. And then you just do that. And then the last level is just that. It's just like, we're just going to throw shit at you over and over again until you run out of ammo. And you're basically running around trying to find something to shoot this fucking demon with. And uh, it did get kind of irritating towards the end. But when I flipped, because I beat that, and then I flipped straight to Wolfenstein afterwards. And then I kind of missed the uh, simplicity of Doom. Because in Wolfenstein, I was just wandering around with, like, no bad guys anywhere, not knowing where the fuck I'm supposed to go. You know, and just, like, running into the same spots over and over again. And being uh, being like, uh... Why can't I jump to that thing? Like, uh, and I don't know. It didn't seem as like, stu- I felt like I knew exactly where I was going in Doom, you know, and I knew where, you know, where I could go and where I couldn't go and all that. And, and Wolfenstein, I was just getting confused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I really like the beginning sequence in Wolfenstein where you're trying to do first person shooter in a wheelchair. I mean, that's just such a, you know, that part's cool. Yeah. Un- unique thing. Um, I will say this and I don't, I can't divulge too much cause I don't want there to be spoilers, but, uh, in Doom, at the end of Doom, when you meet Olivia Pierce, you know, you're expecting this big resolution to the story, and it's really kind of a letdown from a story perspective. Mm. But um, at the end of Wolfenstein, you run into um, um, General Angle, and it's a much, much, much more satisfying situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, Doom, I didn't never really paid attention to the story, so I figured... Uh, didn't uh, didn't the newest was... Metal Gear, um, didn't you start out in that one, like... In a hot, like you're you can't even walk you're just kind of crawling what in five i don't know i didn't really yeah. play five i don't know either it's the phantom pain yeah because it's i mean the whole phantom pain is that you've had your legs amputated or something or maybe one of your arms so you're just kind of like dragging yourself along for the first like part of the game mm. like you can't walk it's really slow and <laughs> it's kind of a little frustrating but i guess that's what they want to communicate i mean you played that right you have that game on your on your computer yeah, I played a little bit of it. I got past that part. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah, I never got around to that one. I played Ground Zeroes. I played the one that you can beat in like ten minutes that's like takes place in the same area. It mm-hmm. came out before that. I played that game. Just because it was free on PlayStation Plus. But uh yeah. Um is there anything I, I know we we've only talked like a couple days. It's, uh, we, it's only been a few days since uh, we talked, Jeremy, but is there any are there any games that you got that you want to talk about? No, not really games. All I wanted to talk about was that I just got my 8-bit dough um, controller converter that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Actually, I'm surprised it came, I think, what, about three weeks? I was expecting not to see this thing for a few months. Oh, wow. Did it say it that it was going to... from China with the budget shipping, the 399 uh-huh. shipping. Weird. It said it was going to take a while or no? Well, it said it was going to be 7 to 14 days, and I got it in like 21, but I'm still impressed. Yeah. And that's so when to, I, I've ordered other stuff from China, and it takes months sometimes. And you can make like with that, you can make like your regular Super Nintendo controllers into wireless controllers. Is that how it right. works? Right. So this, yeah. So this is the eight bit no mod kit for the original SNES controller, which I have a a broken SNES controller that I've just been hanging on to for years. That mm. but it turned into a wireless controller. 
Nice. Yeah, we. So I'll we, probably do a video about that um, whenever I do install it. Just kind of show. You should. You should the process is. I don't think it's going to take very long at all. Yeah, it'll be fun to hear. Uh, well, of course, you'll hear. We'll hear updates from you on that, and like as you go through it, and like how easy it is. But it's do. just like any of the other eight bit Doe controllers. It'll work with the switch and with the dongle. You can plug it into. You can use it for your classic conditions too. Mm-hmm. Have you have you done uh, have you ever taken any of your controllers apart, John, or tried to like uh, fix any of your systems, anything like that? Have you gotten into the technical uh, aspect in that way? Not in years, but I had before. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I I fixed a few. I don't know, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis controllers. I tried to fix that a Neo Geo CD controller, but mm. they're designed differently, and it it was beyond my pay grade. Um, I've never done a mod though. Just simple repairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds as far like- as I know, this mod is as simple as just taking the guts out and replacing them with these guts. Yeah, it's really- I ha- I've taken enough Super Nintendo controllers apart to know that to know, you know what they look like under simple. there. It's pretty simple yeah. in there. Yeah, I mean, it's How just everything's hooked up. Yeah, it's probably just like a circuit board and uh, the and the cord, right? Is what I would imagine is in there. I took my I took my PlayStation Three controller apart. And it was just like circuit boards, pretty much. Oh, I cool. Guess, like, so it looks giant. like it comes with everything, including the tools. Oh, nice. cool. There you go. screwdriver and everything, so. Uh-huh. Oh, oh is it, it, does it have a dongle? Is it the special, like, three, is it that, that special three screwdriver that, like, works on Nintendo ones? Because I know they have, like, the try one that's, like, different. Like, um, they have a, you need a specific screwdriver to take some of the stuff apart. Looks like it might be. Yeah, so that would explain why they would send it because I've been able to do it with like because if you use a smaller a screwdriver, you can make it work. But it's I know it's a specific screwdriver. For I know that. you know what I bet it's not because I was do I, in ju- in junior high and high school I was tearing apart my Super Nintendo controllers and I know I didn't have the special screwdriver back then. Yeah, well you can do it without. I, it I just, mean I just used a I just used a flathead and in there and yeah. got it out. But it is it they were particular screws on uh I know on the Wii remote it's definitely we has had, the yeah. three. We had a Super Nintendo controller we called Frankenstein, you know. Not yeah, because you took it apart, name, but we thought it was cool at the time. And I I'd used three or four different controllers to put mm-hmm. it together to get one that worked. Mm-hmm. And so I've done it before. I I think if I could do it when I was thirteen, I can do it now. I hope. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it'll all stay with you. Is there a were there were there other games that you had gotten recently that you wanted to mention, John? I know we've been talking about this for like an hour, but that's normally our intro is just talking about games that we played, and that's what I wanted to have like on this was just because we hadn't talked to you in a while. I mean, yeah, yeah, not not pretty much at all like about stuff that came out this year, right? Um, I mean. We- I can't even think of all the games, the other games that I got, because, you know, Steam Summer Sale, you go nuts on that. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, GOG just had a sale. I bought all the Might and Magic games. I've never played any of those. I, I No other games of real significance, um, to our to our conversation at least. But as I have free time in between, you know, baby duties and working on the show, you guys, I hope you guys can't hear the baby. I hear him crying through the floor here. Um, no, no I, I, I think I heard a little bit of it, and I thought it was a cat, but I guess it's not. Do you have cats? We have two cats and a dog, but the cats aren't making any noise. Okay. Wow, I thought... so I don't even know if I knew you had a baby on the way last time we spoke. Well, or Maybe you might have mentioned it in passing. So this baby is not... Um, not biologically ours. We took oh, okay. him. Yeah, we cool. took him when he was uh, just before a month old, and we're going to try to begin the adoption process as soon as oh, okay. possible. That's and, awesome. You know, so, <clears throat> um, so it's you know, it's really kind of like having a baby without getting the nine months of time to prep for it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I did. I didn't. I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, that's amazing, man. Like, um, I have a couple of adopted siblings myself, so I, 
I love, I don't know, I love the, I love adoption as a concept and mm-hmm. well, for foster care too, of course. But. Yeah. Well, and you never, I mean, you take your, it's, it's a beautiful well, it, thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing from, from several angles. I, you know, would Jody and I have had a family without adoption? Cause Chloe's adopted is also, in fact, Chloe and Wyatt are biological half siblings. So, oh, um, weird. <clears throat> you know, so from the producers of Chloe, come, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, so may, would we not have, maybe not have a family if it weren't for adoption? And then also what kind of situation would these kids have been in had it not been for us? You know, so it's, it's kind of a two way street thing. And then like I told Trey, you know, Hey, uh, when when we're seventy or eighty and we're in diapers, this is going to pay off in spades. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that's the that's the story with Wyatt. Cool. My uh, my stepbrother just uh, just Thank officially you. adopted adopted a kid. Well, he had had it for a while, but he's it's officially his now. So it's cool. From my experience, before the adoption, you you don't realize how much of a barrier you keep up between yourself and the kid to protect yourself in case something changes and you lose the kid, right? Um, I thought I had a really great relationship with Chloe, but after adoption day, everything just felt so different. I, and all those walls came down and I didn't realize they were up to begin with, but at least this time I have the, the benefit of hindsight. Um, I know that my bonding with Wyatt won't be total until after this is all finished. Uh So, you know, when I speak in terms of him, when I speak in terms of sonship and fathership, I always speak in future terms rather than present terms, Uh you know, so just in case. Well, uh, I, I I got one game since uh, since we talked last. I mean, we'll talk about one more thing, and then and then we can take a quick break, and then we'll talk about your show and all that. Um, okay. I, I ended up picking uh, picking up Yoko's Island Express. Uh, we talked about it last week that there was a free demo for it, and I really really liked it, and I played it today. Actually, I tried to do a, some indie stream stuff on uh, Twitch. And I was like, I, I wanted to try to play some indie games that I hadn't played in a while. And I played like Hollow Knight for a little bit and it kind of just continued to frustrate me. So I like, <laughs> so I just ended up just getting uh, Yoku's Island Express and just playing that. And that game's a lot of fun. It's like very much like a, it's a pinball uh, Metroidvania and it's very cool. I don't know if you've seen it or, or uh, seen anything about it, John, but I totally recommend it if you're interesting and interested in playing a game that's completely different than most of the stuff on the eShop. It was actually a nice breath of fresh air because I feel like I've played so many Metroidvanias because that's basically the only thing that comes out as indies is uh, Metroidvania roguelikes. It was, uh, it was <laughs> nice to see something different, you know, something that's uh, that feels different, you know, and, and it's more relaxing, too. I mean, it's just basically, uh, and I like pinball, and it's a, uh, and the world's huge. Like it's basically like a gigantic uh, pinball adventure, and uh, so there's a lot of stuff to do, and it it seems kind of a little overwhelming actually when you start playing it at first, but once you kind of start to figure out the way it works, it's a really really cool game. Yeah, cool. Oh, I hadn't heard of it until you mentioned it on last week's show, uh-huh. um, and. Um, you know, no, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a nice break from the routine. What was that term, that ridiculous term that we coined the last time I was on the show? Um, oh, uh, Controidvania Kazooie? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just Controidvania because yeah. uh, um, the Mummy Demasters was, was like that, which, uh, which I like that game. Because it was like, it was Controidvania because it had the guns in there also, like guns and ammo and all that instead of just, which you do get upgrades of, but. Yeah, it was like all of it together. Okay, yeah. well, I'll look into this game. Yeah, it, there's a free demo, so you get you get to play like the first like 30 minutes of the game, which you don't carry over to the regular game. You have to play through that again. But the demo was fun. I enjoyed it. But the demo was the demo is cool. Like it gets you, gives you an idea of what the game is, and it's uh it's just a you know it's just an interesting game. It kind of reminds me of like Pinball Quest. If Pinball Quest was good, you know, on NES, if you remember that game. <laughs> the game that tried to combine pinball and RPGs. So, and I always like mm-hmm. uh, I always like quirky pinball titles. Like I even like that weird Mario pinball game that nobody liked. 
the one on Super on Game Boy Advance, like where Mario got turned into a ball. I even thought that game was fun. So, not, and this oh. game is this game is much better than that game. I'm not comparing them to each other. Yeah, like, that game the sucks. Same. But yeah, <laughs> the Mario I never pin- played it. Yeah, it was a it it was a weird game. It was a Mario Pinball. It's just called Mario Pinball on Game Boy Advance. It was actually the same guys who did Metroid Pinball, but Metroid Pinball made more sense because Samus turns into a ball. Right, right. Hey, so does Mario in Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, but that was before that. <laughs> <laughs> it was before Super Mario Odyssey. So that's that explains well, it. So it's a good Sonic game. Sonic Spinball now. did it first. True. I don't think that game's that great either, though. But I did play it. The spin the Spinball one. And Jeremy made mm-hmm. a video of that way back when. You should try to find that on YouTube. <laughs> when we're leading up to uh, the release of Sonic Mania. Yeah, our we did Son- a bunch our, of Sonic. Our Sonic Mania. I did, I did what I call the Sonic Oddities. So I did like Mean Bean Machine, and uh, yeah. I did a. Uh, 3D, whichever the 3D 3D Blast one. Yeah, you did mm-hmm. you did Sonic 3D, Sonic 3D Blast. Blast. Yeah, I did a man. Oh, that game sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I called it Seven Days of Sonic, but I played. Uh, I played seven different Sonic games in a week. In uh, and I didn't play through all of them, but I tried to play. I tried to play a good enough amount, like an hour or so of it, you know, to get an idea of it and blah blah blah. But uh, but yeah, I did like um, I did like Sonic CD and like Sonic One, Two, and Three, and uh, and I did like a um, Sonic Adventure and um, the. Whichever the one, the GameCube one that came out after that, I don't remember what it's called, but I pl- but I played that one too, the one with the the one with the three of them. I think it was Sonic Heroes, maybe that was it. But yeah, played a bunch of shit, a bunch of that stuff <laughs> for Sonic back when it came out. But mm-hmm. uh, let's let's take a quick break and then we'll and then we'll talk some we'll talk about Nerd Noise Radio. Cool, sounds good to me. Nerd Noise Radio! Uh, December 2016, we lost a guy that meant the world to us, and you know we still kind of reel from it a little bit. So you know, I know the feeling. Yeah, I think it's, you it's have... very different feeling. I mean, I've lost some close family, but I don't know. This is just a different kind of feeling. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, especially when they're young. I mean, you're really young. You guys are. I mean, I know Trey's my age, and you're a couple years behind. I mean, I'm 35. Okay. I'm not. This, that, I'm probably not that much younger. I mean, this guy was, yeah, 35. I think he just turned 35 in May. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, Super Chris. Young would, dude. I know. I know. Uh, Chris would have been 39 right now. He died when he was 37. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very different feeling. You're right. You're exactly right. And he, uh, you've dedicated stuff to him on the show, right? On Nerd North, Nerd North Radio. Yeah. Well, I, there were two. There were basically two things. One of them was kind of just a a token tribute to him uh, because the music block was recorded on the day he died. Uh, and that ended up, I work out, I work out of order. Um, but that, that one ended up being episode eight, but then I still, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have it within me to emotionally deal with his passing 
and I didn't want to just sit and stare at a wall. So I kept that kind of, mm. you know, the, the energy of mourning. Right. And sure. so that kept me going and, and I ended up producing the music block to, um, what was originally going to be episode nine, but it ended up becoming episode 10. And that one was the real tribute because, you know, I thought, well, Chris wasn't a big fan of video game music. So how do I use a video game music podcast to pay tribute to a guy who wasn't a fan of video game music? And, and so I, what I decided to do is take the tact of let's create a music block that kind of takes us through the feelings that the survivors feel when reflecting back on our friend. And, and so that's what episode 10 ended up being. And like I said, it was going to be nine, but then I realized, no, if I do, if I push it to 10, I can do a star Wars focus on May 4th. Mm. And so that's what episode nine ended up. Being. So it's nerd. Which, which of your podcasts is it? Nerd it's Noise nerd Radio. noise radio and, um, episode 10? yeah, C1 E10. Um, and it's, yeah, that's the one. And, and I apologize in advance for the production quality. The music block production is fine, but the intro and outro production quality is terrible. I, the first 10 episodes are terrible from that perspective. I just am constantly blowing out the mic and all that stuff. So, I mean, I would be interested in hearing that one just because I like that idea of, of what you're talking about. Like, I don't know. I like that perspective. Yeah. Well, and, and especially in the circumstance, the particular circumstance that you're in right now, that could really, you know, speak to you and your, and what so you're you doing. So you said C1 E10? Yeah. Uh, Mishmash oh, Monday, like Volume Mishmash 1. Mishmash Monday? Okay. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe I didn't listen to that one. Uh, that must have been because I think the first one, yeah, I think the first one I listened to was like 18, maybe. Or no. No, I listened mm-hmm. to stuff before that. No, th- I forget that I'm, I'm on a different podcast app. Because the one, because I this, when I first started listening to your stuff, it was on a, on a different app, so it wouldn't have it recorded on this one. Okay. Well, there's two. If you're looking for podcast feeds, there's two feeds, and there's one in particular. Look for the all channels feed. Don't look for the channel yeah. one feed. Yeah. Because... The first one I did was channel one, and then I was losing episodes after that. Yeah. Like I couldn't. There were some ones that I couldn't get, and we talked yeah. about that the first time we talked. Well, and I do a side thing uh, for like betas bonus. Well, you know about this, Trey, because your episode was a was a channel app. Yeah, yeah. Episode, which, by the way, I'm officially calling those episodes now. Um, oh, okay. So if you if you get the all channels feed, you get the episodes also. So, in fact, I just released one. You were talking about family. Um, my most recent episode was um, it came out on Jody and I's wedding anniversary, and yeah, so I had her one. co-curate music block with me. We, you know, she picked half the tracks, and then I had Jody and Chloe do the outro. And that was such a special experience for me that I released an episode that's all behind the scenes stuff. You know, like it was a six minute outro plus a blooper reel, but we had to let the camera go or the microphone go for like 30 minutes before we had enough stuff that I could pick out usable content. And so I just released an episode uh, that kind of goes through all of that. So, yeah, I haven't listened to the I haven't listened to the behind the scenes one yet, but I did listen to the one that you did. That you guys did with uh, with your wife's pick and your uh, and your kid as well on the end there. I, I did yeah. I did listen to that. I wanted to make sure and listen to it before I had you on the show. But I've been I've okay. been listening on the I've been listening to them fairly often. Like I even listened to the April Fool's one where you did all <laughs> the uh, where you did all the eight bit stuff of uh, regular of like regular uh, big band uh, or whatever that you know like classic songs and all that. Because I, I, I didn't understand I didn't stuff. understand that it was an April Fool's one that I was listening to it, so I was kind of confused. When you were like, "Oh yeah, these were like famous musicians that that ended up that were that were like chiptune writers or something like that," so I didn't know I didn't know what was going on until the episode was over because I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What's happening in this episode?" And uh, and I didn't understand why there had to be two versions of uh, Copacabana because I really don't like that song, but <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, it was like that's why. I was like, why are there why are there two? Like, yeah, I think I skipped the second one, but I did listen to most <laughs> most of that episode. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I was confused at what what was going on because I think I listened to it way after April first, so I didn't know what I didn't know I didn't realize that it was that it came out at a certain time. I was just like, oh no, I'll, I'll check this one out. Yeah, and I think I don't want to say what it is because I don't want to blow the punchline. But I think for next April Fools, I'm not going to do a, a standard episode. I think I'm gonna. I think I have another thing in mind for oh, that. Okay. So nice. You can do like I, a bake sale or something. Well, it, I have a special announcement planned. Um, okay. You know, of course, it's going to be fake, but sure, something. Yeah. So I'll try to forget that for April first. Well, you good, yeah, good. you'll forget that it's fake. Just remember to think that it's new. But no, I, I enjoy I enjoy listening to your show, uh, Nerd Noise Radio, as what it's called. In case the listeners at home don't know, but um, you, yeah, it always seems to be a different episode every week. I, I've never I haven't quite understood your uh, the um, the way that the the uh, I don't know what would you call it like the uh, pattern for that, like which one comes out when. But yeah, they're always interesting because it's because sometimes it's. Because sometimes it's Mishmash Monday and sometimes it's Channel F. Like, is there a? I'm sure you have a. I'm sure you have a way that you do that, right? Or like a, where it goes. Does it go from one to another? Or is it just kind of like whatever you're inspired to do? Because it does. Because they don't come out every week. No, I can explain that. So let me start with the before I t- talk about the schedule. Let me talk about like the Mishmash Monday and the Face Off Friday and stuff like that. So, I um. I was an idiot. I, I should have started back in 2013 with the podcast and then worked on building up the social media presence, but I did it completely backwards. Um, you know, the show didn't launch until January of 2017, but Nerd Noise Radio has been an entity since like January 2013 um, on social media. And I don't know, 2014 or so, I, I opened a Twitter page and I used to share tracks every day. And... Um, the day, each day of the week would be a different theme. It was an alliterate. It was always an alliteration. You know, Mishmash Monday was free play. Two for Tuesday was free play, but in pairs. And mm. Theme Thursday was always some theme or focus or whatever. You know, uh, soundtrack mm. Saturday, Scene Sunday, that kind of stuff. Scene Sunday was for not video game music, but stuff related to video game music, like covers and remixes or you know original chip tunes and that kind of stuff. So when I decided to do the the podcast, I uh, I thought, well, I'm not going to be doing one every day, um, but why don't we keep that thing going? And, you know, if I'm going to do a free play episode, it'll be a mishmash Monday and I'll work the schedule so that it releases on Monday, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what that comes from. And then as far as the schedule goes, I thought it, it would be, I want to do 20 regular episodes a year, uh, you know, 20 regular episodes of channel one. And so the only way I can work 20 into 12 is, um, I can do two hours of content per month and eight of the eight months a year, there'll be two episodes in that month and collectively they're two hours. Now that doesn't mean an hour and an hour. It might be an hour and 10 minutes and then the next one's 40 minutes or whatever. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Sure. Um, but then the other four months, I'm only going to do one episode a month and that episode can be a longer episode. It can have the entirety of that two hours so I can, um, cover a more in-depth topic. Right. And, and I call those my supersized episodes. And, um, so that's, that's, that's how I make 20 fit into 12. That's what all like the, the face off Friday and way back Wednesday and all that stuff is about. So yeah, that's it. And I'm actually kind of moving away from calling my show a uh, channel one, at least a podcast, because, you know, when you hear podcast, you envision people talking, mm-hmm. right? A lot of conversation, even video game music podcasts, you know, it'll be have too much these guys talking back and forth and then they'll yeah. listen to a piece of music and then they'll talk back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that's not my show. My show, um, is a, 
I mean, the popular term is a mixtape. I don't really like that name, um, but uh, it was actually inspired by, of all things, NPR's new age music program, Hearts of Space. Are you familiar with that, Jeremy? You are? Yeah, actually, I think we might have talked about it a little bit last time you were on the show, but I do, because I, I do kind of remember, I list like checking it out after the fact. Oh, okay. You, you told me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to have a standard intro, get off the stage as quick as I could, mm-hmm. and then Put the, create this music block that takes you on a journey. And that's the magic. Um, like, I'm not just throwing a bunch of tracks at people. Like, I literally, and I'm not exaggerating, I literally spend more time and put more heart and thought into what order I'm going to present the tracks than I even do into what tracks I'm going to include in the first place. That's the easy part, mm-hmm. right? Sure. But I want it to take you on a journey. I want uh, every transition between every track to have a deliberate reason. And, and you know, a lot of times it's a smooth, simple transition from one track to a like track. And then sometimes it'll... Hey, we've been going this direction. Now we need to weave back this direction. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I even want to throw in a jarring one just to kind of catch people off guard, you know. And that's why my soundtrack episodes are my least favorite because yeah, because that you can't, part of the like, magic really, is gone. I'm just yeah. presenting it in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Those are the ones that I don't really listen to because a lot of them I've heard already. Yeah, yeah. So it's so well. I figured you would skip to the Streets of Rage one because you have that on vinyl. I, I do have that on vinyl, yeah. <laughs> or like I didn't listen to the Secret of, Secret of Mana one either because I have all those songs on my on my phone already and I know them pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I I do them because that's a part of the the video game soundtrack picture or video game music picture that's so important. And there are people. I mean, so I th- I personally think of the soundtrack episodes as like the the bottom feeder episodes of the show. But some some of the ones I've gotten the most passionate feedback about. Our soundtrack episodes. I mean, like I, I shared the Mega Man X soundtrack and people just went nuts. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really great. So I it's it's less gratifying for me and it, it, it doesn't show off. It doesn't really give me a chance to kind of show my skill, you know, um, but but people people like it. People want it. And so I, I can't just drop it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Why, why don't so, you why don't you like the mixtape term for it? Well, I mean, I don't have an objection to it because ultimately that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I my motivation wasn't to be another was to be my motivation wasn't to be a mixtape show. My video my motivation was to be the hearts of space of video game music. You sure. Know, yeah, yeah. To just not just share tracks with people, but really take you on this adventure on this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's it's a different. I don't know. It's the same. It's the same result, but a different mentality, I guess. Sure. I would just because uh, so, I I used to I was a huge mixtape guy. I used to make mixtapes for. Uh, that's how I got most of my girlfriends through mixtapes but <laughs> but i would but i would do like what you were doing i would make it it was a journey you know there was a story in there and i would use like clips from movies and stuff like that in between songs like to push the story forward and all that so and so it does it does kind of remind me like making music tracks for like the for like the wart radio stuff that i do is basically I totally yeah uh, i totally pulls... stole trey style too like after i like met trey and he told me about the mixtapes i'm like that's a really cool idea and i didn't just make them for girls i'd make them for myself or i made them for other people too, too. But... i mean it wasn't just for girls but yeah <laughs> but yeah they were always fun but i kind of like pulled from that for the wrt stuff in the same way like kind of like what you were saying where it was i wasn't really like throwing tracks at it it was just like yeah you're trying to develop a story and all that yeah and after you've made the transition in format in wart i can definitely see you doing that as well mm-hmm. you know so yeah. that's well i like that's the, definitely yeah the re- well kind of i liked it like you were saying is i liked getting off the stage earlier because then i don't have to make up as much stuff for in between songs like i used to and that would always kind of sometimes sometimes it was difficult to like come up with something 
entertaining to say in between like however many four tracks and i like and it also kind of reminded me of the mixtape days where i'm like no i'll just put a big th- i'll just put a thing together you know like i used to and i even thought about throwing like you know clips from stuff in there in between and i have been a little bit more like adding some extra shit in there like like my switch one i put like a line from like mystery men in there and like stuff like that you know or, or like mm-hmm. will or like the will smith song switch which i used before in our in our switch release episode Way mm-hmm. back when on Nintendo Main, but yeah, I've I've been able to do more yeah, that fun one stuff flagged. with it after that. What uh, the Switch song? <laughs> did it did it get flagged? I don't know. Oh, on, if, on the YouTube episode, it might have. I don't know. Everything gets flagged on our YouTube channel. It's really hard to tell. Well, <laughs> and and I and I can and I know that experience too because that's happened to me. And actually, I'm sure it happens. Um, a lot, episode yeah. twenty eight of my show was um it was called Sense of the Scene. It was just like a free play of everything outside the scene covers remixes uh, chip tunes and stuff but i also took some risks i um i wanted to have non-video game music from video game composers right mm-hmm. and so now we're talking about actual licensed music i mm-hmm. took a uh, an akiko yano track cuz it had a uh, uh, ryuji sakamoto on it um and um um, video game music composer Martin Iveson from the 90s, the Amiga days and stuff. Well, he's now he's active in the kind of European electronic scene under the pseudonym At Jazz, right? And so I took an At Jazz uh, cover uh, remix of a Solstice track and pl- put it in there. I put Atari Ooh, from Hiatus. Solstice. I yeah. Love Solstice. Yeah. Well, okay. So did you ever hear At Jazz's cover of oh. Color? Okay. I'll, oh, when it's. When it's over, when this is over, I'll send you a link to that track. Because if you want, if you wanted, you could even just type it in the Skype box so that's saved. And I can see it there. Okay, but I'm I'm thinking, well, you know, holy crap, this stuff is going to get so me did, flagged like crazy. So what what I did is I created a, a a dummy YouTube feed called Disco Santa's House of Impossible Conundrums and uploaded the episode under a pseudonym and all this mm. stuff to test to see if it'd get flagged. And when it didn't, then I knew I was safe to go ahead and put put it on the real thing on YouTube. So. Mm-hmm. Did you had the uh, Chip to Knock album came out last time we spoke with you? Do you know that? Have you heard that album? Trazer uh-huh. told me about it. Uh, so uh, I can't remember his first name, but Tanaka, he's the guy who did the music for Earthbound, right? Trey. Oh, his name's uh, his, his name's Hip Tanaka. Yeah. He did Metroid also. Yeah. It, right. Right. Well, anyway, so he's got an album called Django, and it's his first solo record, and it's not video game music at all. It's more like modern electronic. Um, I don't even know what you would call it. It's all over the place. It's kind of like. Uh-huh islandy sometimes and it can even be a little bit like there's like some trap beats in it and then it gets just and super like barking dogs and stuff. a lot of yeah. the time yeah <laughs> there's some weird samples and stuff yeah it's uh, his it's, name it's spectacular mm. if you haven't heard it i highly recommend it it's one of my favorite records that's come out recently i felt I'll like look it, it up right away i felt like it was out before we talked because i thought originally before we decided to have you on for like the best games of the year I was trying to figure out stuff to talk about, and one of them was going to be that album. So I think it was already okay. out because it came out last did, year. But I don't know. It if... still stands out to me a year later. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the music to Celeste. It's probably some of my favorite music that I've heard recently. Mm-hmm. Well, we were just Lena Rain. Yeah, we were just talking earlier. Like I, I ended up buying the. Uh, I bought the soundtrack for Ease Eight, even though it was like twenty some dollars. But it, there's a shitload of songs on it. Like it we were we were talking about the music of. Uh, Octopath Traveler, but like that was another one that was really, really fantastic really in that game lot. too. Yeah, yes, yes. In fact, that uh, that behind the scenes thing we were talking about earlier, uh, it opens with um, a piece from Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't wait to put that in something, so I I just threw it in the first opportunity I had. So, 
one other thing I'll say about the show is I work way ahead, way, way ahead, ridiculously ahead. Um, Where are you it, just talking about? content for your 2019 episodes so okay. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well so if i were to fall over dead today the show would continue on through the end of november and i'm starting to work on 2019's content and not only do i work way ahead i work out of order and um right now i have one music block done not not the complete episode i don't have the intro and outro done mm. uh but the music block done for my Halloween 2019 episode. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, like a year and a quarter ahead on that one. Um, huh. um, and that brings up that brings up an interesting point, because right now, and, and this is the first time I'm saying this to anybody outside my house, um, with Wyatt in the picture now, I don't know what the future is going to look like. Um, am I going to have the time to keep doing Channel One on the regular? You know what I mean? Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the rest of the year to decide. I'm going to try to work on 2019, get, get that done or as close to done as possible. And if that's it, and if at the end of the year I have that done or basically done, then I'll keep going. You know, because it's like, hey, I can work around Wyatt and and still do this show. If I get to the end of the year and it's nowhere close to done, then I don't plan on leaving altogether. Like, I don't plan on shutting down the feeds, but I think I'll take a year off. I think I'll suspend the regular episodes and the mixtape, the the music blocks that that I've produced. I'll probably just release them as bonuses, you know, at random points throughout the year. Um, and then, uh, Trey, you were asking about Channel F. That's just for like betas and bonuses and extras and stuff like that. So it's like a catch-all for things that don't fit Channel One. And anything that anything that makes sense to do on Channel F, I'll continue to do. You know, so if the Wyatt thing doesn't work, then then I'm going to do that. I'm going to uh, halfway step away. But if it does work. Not only do I plan on keep going, but I plan to launch a new channel. And this one would be like an actual podcast podcast. Um, yeah, we were talking about have, that. Like and the there's, first, a, there's yeah. a, a podcast in the VGM podcast scene that actually bears some remarkable similarities to my Channel 2 idea. But as people, I've told people about it, they neither one of us are stealing the idea from the other person. It's ideas we thought of independently. And um, I've had people who know both who have said, no, they're different enough that it still makes sense to keep doing it um, or to go to go ahead with it. But I have a friend here in Des Moines, Eric Purcell, and we've known each other for you know almost 30 years. And and uh, we're going to do this together. But the idea, the magic will be Eric and I will be half the panel. Right. And we'll be the regulars. And then the other half of the panel will, all, will be people from the scene, you know, either hosts of other VGM podcasts or hosts of other podcasts. I mean, you know, hell, if we go forward with this, I would be happy to have you guys on an episode of that. Of um, you know, and excellent. And it would share tracks, but the, the, the secret sauce, I guess would be, there'd be ground, there'd be rules of engagement for each episode. And a lot of times they'd be subversive. Like, um, like say people from a Nintendo podcast on, they can only play music from Sega tracks, you know, and oh, okay. stuff like that, you yeah, know, yeah. uh, just kind of, and they won't always be subversive. Sometimes they'll be friendly, you know, but most of the time they'll be more impish, right? You know, and then, um, you know, Eric and I are both passionate Des Moiners, and so we'd bring as much of Des Moines into it as we could. And then we'd want people from wherever else they are. I mean, I have my, – my listenership is small in scale but huge in scope. I've got people in, you know, Bulgaria that listen, people in Sweden that listen, you know, people uh. – uh, a, a small pool of people from all over the world. And I'd love to get some of those guys on and kind of have them share some of their, their culture and their, and their, uh, and how that in, impacts them with video game music and stuff. Like I know my contact from Sweden is just huge, 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 huge into Commodore music. You know, he has a wow. podcast called Camouflage, you know, <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so, well, and it's mostly Co- Commodore remixes. That's why he calls it camouflage. But um, it's a great name, though. It is, and it's a great show. It's a great show. But you know, um, that's if if I can survive this trial of can I podcast with Wyatt? Um, then yeah, I want to launch Channel Two. And the working title for it is uh, From Des Moines to Des Moines, D-E-S yeah. Moon. I, I remember that name. Yeah, uh, yeah, you told me that, the Des Moines to Des Moines. That's yeah. a good, good one. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see, you know. And if we do that, I'll, we're not going to launch right away. We'll do some pilots on Channel F. Mm, for sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to promote it through from one channel yeah. to another. Yeah, and one other thing I've started, I haven't done this yet, but I've offered it to a couple people is, um, you know, when you want it, when you're toying with possibly launching a new show, like I kind of want to launch a new show, but I don't know if I want to commit to it. You know, I'd like to make one and just see how it goes. All right. Well, what about hosting, right? Like, do you really want to create like a, a Buzzsprout or a Podbean account just for something that you're going to try and maybe not do? Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to try launching a new podcast, I'm offering up hosting space on Channel F. You know, we'll just we'll release an episode and it'll be their show mm-hmm. and just see how that goes. So if this thing, this it's so weird. I'm standing at a fork in the road. You know, this thing is either going to wind down or it's going to blow up. Mm. Well, I hope it I hope it blows up. I, hate, I hate for it to wind down. Yeah, well, or me if too. it has to wind down, I hope that that time is your ideas percolate. And then when it comes back, it comes back real big. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and if and if it, if I do go away, I'm only gonna halfway go away. Like I said, the regular stuff will nothing new. I mean, Channel Two won't launch, and Channel One will go into stasis. But I'll still be doing Channel F stuff. You know, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, you'll still so, be doing a little bit, just not as much. Yeah. Well, unless I unless I fall over dead, um, even if Channel One goes into stasis, you, you're still gonna hear this music block in Halloween 2019. You know, that's not gonna go to waste. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember you were telling me that you were trying to like make it like basically like a clock where like you can wind it and just kind of like goes on its own that's exactly it and that's yeah. you know the clockwork the be- universe there yeah. you go well that's the benefit of that's the benefit of the format of channel one of the benefits of the channel one format is it's not it does it's not time dependent you know like you don't have to worry about current events and that kind of stuff you're just presenting creating music blocks and off you go right so if i had the time and i had the diligence and i had all that stuff i could work five years ahead right and then take like three years off Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We're well, 18 for, yeah. years ahead, and then you know, jump back in when Wyatt goes to college. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, the scary thought, the scary thought is, I'm going to be 56 when Wyatt graduates high school. So, yeah, it's. Uh, well, I mean, when he's, uh, it's. It, I always think of like. I mean, I'm not really, you know, thinking of having kids or anything like that. But I was like, if they did, like, um, I would like if I had a kid now, like, I, I, they would, I would be like almost like 60 whenever uh, they right. were old enough to drink a beer, like for, for me to have a beer with them, you know. <laughs> it's too late like, to not yeah. be the old dad unless I adopt a child yeah. in there. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I'll be old enough to be Wyatt's classmates' parents' parents. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. a weird thought. Yeah. Which um, is weird because you're so, you're so young right now. I'm, I, you know, um, at 38 years old, I, I feel like what I am is, you know, there's teenage, there's teens and there's preteens, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the preteen of middle age. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, the good news is that in 18 years also, there'll be a, a lot more retro music. 
That's, that's true because Octopath Driver will be retro. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the retro of retro. It's like it's like Final Fantasy Nine, right? Like when you're playing that and it's a retro game, but it was a game that was dedicated to retro games before it. It's mm-hmm. just like one of those things that makes your mind explode. That was actually something that Jeremy told me. That Especially was... when it got re-released. Yeah, I remember you saying that. You're like, this is weird. I'm playing a retro. I'm like playing a retro game that's about retro games, which I guess will be the future. That's always what I thought about like in the movie world where there's so many like remakes and sequels where it's like in the future what will you have to remake because all the stuff from now is remakes but there's still like newer stuff that i'm sure they could remake twilight or something there's always like more sequels yeah <laughs> they'll never stop yeah. uh, of the making of money there will be no end yeah <laughs> true yeah. but it's like uh, what do you um, what do you remake whenever sorry remake? just something else about the show um the next episode that comes out comes out this coming friday uh, well, as of this recording, I don't know when this episode will be released, um, but on what is next Friday? The 10th, uh, Friday, August 10th is our next Face Off Friday episode. Oh. Well, that'll so be... be the same idea as episode 18. Mm-hmm. And people who email me at nerdnoiseradio at gmail.com, if you're the first person, the third per- person and the fifth person, you'll get to do what traded last year and make your picks and we'll create an episode of your picks and you can either host it or you can have me host it. And um, So the idea is to kind of have it be a, con- I mean, uh, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like a handwritten letter correspondence over snail mail of podcast <laughs> of podcasting. Right. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, you, you can, that'll be after it posts on the 10th, right? You're right. right. You, okay. Cause yeah, I'm not, cause I won't email be, me now. Okay. Cause I was going to say, oh, I, I was won't, already emailing you. I was going to say <laughs> this, this probably won't be posted until the 10th. So, cause that's, oh, cause we post stuff on Friday and I wanted to make sure it wasn't something that was before that, that you, that you're asking them to do. Otherwise it won't be out before that. So since we post all of our stuff on Fridays, this will be out. So they'll both be out on the same day. So make sure you go and check out Nerdwars Radio, the all channels version, and you know send an email and do. Uh, so so is this going to be another one where you? Because uh, that one you did, you played like all the different versions of the songs, and then you did one where you picked your version, and then we did the one where I where I picked my version, right? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be that again, except the difference is instead of my going first, I'm going to go last. Oh, okay, yeah. even though I uh, when I picked out the stuff for your show. I made sure I didn't look at any of the stuff. Like, I listened to what you did, but I didn't keep it in my mind, and I didn't look at any of it before I chose my stuff. I just listened to, like, what you had on there and the options you just picked from there. So I wasn't trying to, like, make it different or anything. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to – I just tried to, like, divorce myself as much as I could from whatever you chose and just, you know – Pick from the heart, like you said. Yeah, well, you know? yeah, like you said, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think you said that. In, in fact, if anything, that? you were more <laughs> unbiased than I was. You know, I mean, you run a Nintendo podcast. You're kind of you you kind of have uh, you kind of have the perception of being Nintendo guys, right? Mm-hmm. But you actually picked more Sega stuff than I picked Nintendo stuff in my picks. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah. Well, I just went. So. Yeah, I just went by sound of it more than what yeah. it was. And I tried to like, I mean, I needed to know what one it was from which to pick, but I, I mean, I didn't really pick by system or anything like that. I just, right. I just, I just sat down and listened to everything and just listened to it a couple times and just tried to figure out which one I liked more than others. Some of, some of them were difficult. Like I, I think one of my hardest ones to pick was the uh, NBA jam one, which I think I ended up going with the arcade one, but I did really like the Sega Genesis version of that. Cause just cause it had added stuff to it. It wasn't yeah. in the other versions, but yeah, some of, some of them were difficult, were hard to, were hard to pick, but that, but that was fun. That was, that was a fun episode to do. And uh, and actually, since um, I mean, since we talked, uh, since we talked about like my, I feel like my episodes have gotten a little bit more main, more broad on the stuff, especially the indie one that I did. I wanted to try to include as many 
indies from different systems as I could. Like I even put like Castle Crashers on there and like and like a game that was only on mobile. You know, I was trying to do do stuff that wasn't just Nintendo. So I've been trying to expand a lot on the music stuff that I've done also. Well, you know, I, I, that's one of the beautiful things about podcast friend. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Friends doing different podcasts that like to help each other. I mean, sure. you know, the tide that raises all ships, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, um, I don't, I don't think of it in terms of competition. Like I don't think, I don't think in those terms when it comes to nerd noise radio and WART radio, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, if you can inspire me to go to do something, uh, to push me a little harder to do, to do something. And then if I, if what I do pushes you, then all that happens from that is both shows are better. Right. And sure. it's yeah. better for the listeners. Right. And yeah. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's, it's, it's all like, uh, all about helping each other. And that's what I've kind of learned that the, the world that we live in and how great the internet is that you can have friends that you, you know, from all across the world and you can do shows like this on, on Skype mm-hmm. and it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So. It seems so novel at first for me, like meeting all the guests and stuff we've had. And I mean, I wouldn't say that I take it for granted now, but it feels like it just, it's an intersection with real life. Just people I'm meeting and talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even though it's happening on the internet and within a confined, confined format, I'm still having some really cool like social experiences through the whole the magic of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. And like without that, would I be talking to guys from S- Sofia, Bulgaria and yeah. and Sweden? I mean, you know, you you guys are only 5 hours away from me, but mm-hmm. you know, some of these guys are like I don't even know how many hours. I don't right? know how long it takes to drive from Sweden. I mean, well, <laughs> from Sweden to here. I think that, I think that would probably go badly, but I mean, you, know. <laughs> you got to build the bridge, man. And I'd do some sort of like Iceman technique where you can just make your road. Yeah, but they've got more like funding for the arts and stuff. So maybe they would help them design a car where they could drive over here and be a guest. Yeah, just well, like it's an Oregon trail where you kind of cock the bottom of the wagon, you know, just (laughs) just do that with your car. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, is there is there anything else you want to say about about the show? I uh, I think uh, as we're getting about to the to to where I think it'd be a. We're we're about at episode length here, but is there any anything else you want to say about Nerd Noise Radio or anything you want to promote that's coming up? Uh, you want people to to check out all that type all that type of thing? Okay, so in terms of what's coming up, uh, the only things I'd want to talk about are you know Face Off Friday, which we talked about. So mm-hmm. be paying attention to that if you want to kind of have your your go at the Face Off Friday picks. NerdNoiseRadio at gmail dot com. If you're one five or one three or five, you you're in. And uh, episode thirty five will be a focus on music from computer systems. And I won't say how, but I've managed to work um, a little extra bit of, uh, for lack of I mean, Des Moines Icona, you know, into that one. Um, and so I, I'm excited about that. Um, the only other thing I'd say about the show is set your expectations accordingly. I mean, you know, for people, there's arguments for and against the format of Channel One, right? Um, if you're looking for the typical podcasting where there's a lot of talking, in those shows you get to really know a lot about the hosts. In those shows you get to know a lot about the composers and the games and the tracks and that kind of stuff. You don't get to do that with my show. I'm very – it's it's kind of cold and standoffish from that perspective. Uh, in the ways that a typical podcast is deep, my show is shallow, right? So if you come in with the wrong expectations, you're not going to like it, right? But it's a, the other side of that coin – is by the end of this, by the end of calendar 2018, I'll have shared a thousand tracks, right? Mm-hmm. And these kind of shows, it take it might take six or seven years to hit a thousand tracks because you, you you can't share as many shows in an episode. You also can't create that flow, right? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no uh, there's no musical journey. It's it's all um, talk listening to these guys talk about it, right? And mm-hmm. in the ways that their shows or in the ways that my show is deep, their shows are shallow, right? So it's yeah. 
I think they're both good formats, which is why I hope to do a second show. So I'm scratching both itches, right? Sure. But the best way to listen to my show is like if you're working in the if you're if you're work at work, you know, it's it's not as intrusive as ones where people are talking. It's great sounds to carry you through a working day or like yard work or whatever, you know. Um, but so, but it can also be a lot deeper now if you want, because if you know that I'm if there's a deliberate reason behind every single transition. Then you can start playing a game with that. Well, what was John thinking there? You know, I mm-hmm. try to suss out what I'm up to there if you want to, or it can just be simply easy listening, you know, um, it's, so just set your expectations accordingly. Sure. Um, and I think you'll, I think you'll get a lot more enjoyment out of the show that way. I would never say that it's shallow. I like your show. I mean, no, it's, I don't think it's shallow. Either. <laughs> no, I, 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 would, I think, I think he's just meaning in like, sure. Yeah. It's, um, I actually like, I mean, I mean, I like the way that you do it and it, that it's just music because I, I haven't listened to a whole lot of video game music podcasts, granted, but the ones that I did like, I did listen to, I didn't really care for it because there's too much talking and not enough music. So I prefer the way that you do it, where it's just a, you know, a, a block of music and then, you know, we talk about it later or whatever. I, li- I like that better because I like listening to the music. Like I know like Retronauts did a music thing where I felt like they talked more than actually playing music and you didn't really the stuff didn't play long enough for you to really get into the song. And I feel like it if you want to do something with the grand theft auto when the songs are playing and the DJ keeps interrupting, that's yeah. kind of what that episode reminded me. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause even when it's... I'm listening to something, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about it again. It's like, no, but I want to listen to that song or that song. The... So I like it the yeah. other way around where it's just, uh... and that's what I listen to it for. I mean, I listen to it just because I like video game music and it's actually helped open my eyes to things I haven't heard before. Like, uh, you know, like the Jackie Chan soundtrack or like, uh, or like Dragon Spirits and stuff like that, like that I ended up really liking that I heard on your show. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just, it's, it, it is the same way of like a mixtape where you make one for a friend where it's like, here, here's stuff that you haven't heard, but it's all put together in a story format or whatever. Yeah. So I well, they it. both have, they both have their advantages. They both scratch different itches. You know, I just, the thing I don't want is for people expecting the one to get the other and then be disappointed by it or, you know, think it was uh, cheap or shallow because of that. Right. It's just a, it's a, it's a different animal for a different purpose. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoy it a lot and I hope that you keep doing it because I, I listen to it pretty, pretty regular. So it's a, it's a, it's a joy for me to get, to get, to listen to video game music that I may have heard or may have not heard before. And I like that it's from a lot of broad stuff, even though that last episode that I listened to, I did think was pretty Nintendo heavy. The one, your anniversary episode that you just did. It, <laughs> I love it. The guys from Nintendo main are saying it's too Nintendo to heavy. give you a hard. No, no, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just giving you a hard time because you were like, no, Oh, no, your, your stuff no. is too no, Nintendo. I, I was like, well, yours was too. The last one was way too Nintendo, not too Nintendo, but it did have a lot of Nintendo stuff in there. Yeah. Well, and that's because it was music for Jody, you know, and mm-hmm. Jody grew up with a Nintendo and a super Nintendo and an N64. And that was it. Right. Sure. And she's a nostalgia gamer. She doesn't really get into stuff that she didn't grow up with for mm-hmm. her. It's reliving her childhood playing these games. Right. Sure. It's not, it's not a an end in and of itself like it is for us, mm, you know. Definitely. So cool. Well, uh, uh, thanks for being on the show again. It's it's always a pleasure to have you on here. And um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, hopefully, it won't be as long next time. But uh, yeah, it's, it's great to hear from you and uh, everyone who's listening to this. Please go listen to Near Near Noise Radio. It's a it's a good show. It's definitely definitely worth your time and downloads and all that stuff and Heck review yeah, it. Yeah, and the, uh, the all channels feed, if you do, guys. The yeah, all definitely channels all channels. The other one can be a little confusing, which is the first one I got and had trouble with that but that's the one where you can get everything whenever you want it and you can go back go back you know and listen to like the episode 10 that we were talking about earlier and just uh you know check out the check out all your friends minds and play it at work and they'll think you're listening to some like new electronic music but 
I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I do listen to it. And, and thank you for saying that. There was one last thing I wanted to say. Um, at every The last Wednesday of every month, at the Des Moines Social Club, they have board game night, and and I've been asked to be the permanent DJ for board game night. Nice. So if you're in the Des Moines Bet area, or in the Des Moines area, uh, last Wednesday of the month, come by and you'll hear Nerd Noise Radio. Yeah, I've been trying to push. Uh, I've been trying to push video game DJ stuff at bars in Chicago, and I've done a couple, but I mean, I have a feeling it's going to catch on. So I'm kind of in the same thing. But uh, you know, because I did, I did do a DJ DJ an event for my for my friend Kevin's like switch party, and that went over pretty well at a at an arcade bar. So I was hoping to get more stuff out of that. But yeah, totally. Yeah, it's definitely it's cool. You know, if ever if I ever had the position that I had a bar or something like that, I would totally invite you to come and DJ. If you, you know, come up here and DJ like a special night or something like that, it'd be, it'd be fun. It, it, <laughs> if the offer was there, we'd figure out a way. Yeah, it would be fun if I had, if I had that option, but you never know. So a uh, quick update. Uh, we just did a uh, so you know Smash Brothers Direct happened, and we we're, we're going to have a quick talk about that. But there are a couple other news things that happened as well that we're going to talk about real quickly. And uh, Jeremy's holding up his uh, controller that he fixed. I know you put up a video about that on YouTube. Do you want to talk about that? I did. Real quick? I put a how-to video on how to install the kit. Yeah, it's like you also get to see the inside of my controller. It- was really gross. I know. I, I saw. I I didn't. I watched a little bit of on of it on set, but I couldn't watch it with the noise with like the sound on so so i just watched it with the uh, subtitles and i saw just like a lot of stuff about gross and dirty and stuff <laughs> and i was like wow the inside of the controller was disgusting and i yeah. don't think it, it thing probably has not been open since 1992 or whenever it was manufactured so yeah it just had a lot of grime had it been like especially around the face buttons had it been like hanging out in a box somewhere or something like in the no in i've closet been using or whatever it fairly consistently it's been in a controller it's been in my possession since at least my freshman year of college maybe before that why is it so dirty you just don't control you don't you just don't clean controllers where the left buttons don't work you're just like fuck these controllers you're like i only clean the ones that still work no i scare if i open up any of my other controllers it's going to be a similar thing i think mm, yeah but it but it worked you were able to make it work and it's wireless now oh it works really good um i i played skyskipper with it is all I could really play on Switch because I mean, there's probably other games I could play, but I needed to play something. Oh, I played versus Super Mario Brothers a little bit as well. Yeah, you can play any you of know. the arcade. I can't play anything stuff. with analog sticks because it doesn't have that. Sure, but you could probably but play. I, a I also lot got of the... to work with my both my SNES and my NES Classic, so mm. I can use all nice. three all oh, yeah. three systems now. Yeah, because you have those sensors. You could also use it with your Wii if you wanted to. <laughs> oh, really? My Wii U? Well, yeah. Well. Oh, through the sensor or through the uh, Wiimote, you know, because that plug is the same as the Wiimote plug, like oh, the plug really? that the NES Classic and SNES Classic work use. That would be really good because I do have, I actually have Super Nintendo games on there. Yeah. So like it, 
yeah, it, it plugs in the same way a class controller would. It has the same like same plug, so you could use it for that. I think I don't know. I haven't tried the wireless thing with that, but it should it should work. I have considered buying the retro receiver for the actual SNES. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be a, kind of fun. How's your controller powered now? Is it uh, double A's or is it, uh, rechargeable or or what is it? It's rechargeable. So this but little hole in too. the top is yeah. like a proprietary plug that goes in and it's like uh oh, sh- here it is right here it's like just a usb plug and then it's got this mm. proprietary thing on the end which in a way that kind of sucks because if i lose this i can't charge my controller but oh it'll it's, it's not, not like a mini usb like most of them are right it's a different yeah. thing so there you go but you can order another one probably right or you or would you have to order a whole no- another kit to get it i don't know mm. it took it took a while to arrive but i do i am considering maybe buying a either a second super nintendo one or maybe get the nes one that way i have one of each I have like, I think I have at least like 15 NES controllers. Okay. So cool. one of them could go the way of the Buffalo. <laughs> but then you can order another thing and fix them, right? I mean, when they added yeah. Wi-Fi to Buffaloes, that's what I meant by that. <laughs> oh, yeah, back in uh, 2005. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's cool that that worked, and uh, now you have wireless controllers for that. Um, and it was only 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, nice. Just, Speaking I of something that's twenty bucks, well, it wasn't twenty bucks, but I forgot earlier to mention WarioWare Gold, which I got for forty dollars. Came out last week. It's a super fun game. It's like the uh, as I was saying before, it's like the saying goodbye to the uh, old Wario games. Definitely the handheld stuff. It's based on very much focused on WarioWare twisted games, WarioWare touched games, and WarioWare straight up Game Boy Advance games as well. But there's a lot of really cool things in there. Like number one. The, there's an amiibo sketch on there where you put any of your amiibo on there and it'll Wario will draw a picture of it and you can sell it and make a in-game currency from it and you can scan mm-hmm. like only like three or four of your amiibo. But I've actually used my amiibo again for the first time in a long time doing that. So I had him like. Have you tried the cereal? I want to see what he draws for the cereal. I didn't try the cereal, no. Ooh, but good I call. But I tried like um, you know, I tried like Samus and uh, I I was gonna I had like a bunch of my uh, I was gonna do like Sonic and and Ryu and uh. Shovel Knight and see like what became of that, but I haven't done that yet. But and supposedly it works with all of them, and you can do like four a day. But it's cool. I, I don't know what it would draw for the um, cereal, but I, I'll have. Let to me know it. as soon as you find out. That's an emergency. I'll have to try yeah. it out. Well, I send could, a picture. I could try it right now. Uh, well, I could. I'm not going to go get my 3ds, but I could try it after we record this. But uh, actually, the, one of the most amazing things I found out in WarioWare, and I don't know why anybody isn't talking about this, but Wario. Where changed one of their games into a gender ne- neutral game, and I was like really fucking blown away by it because uh, I didn't expect Nintendo to be that progressive, and like it just was like wow, okay, I just didn't think that they cared or like or that it was as big of a thing in Japan as it is here, you know. But uh, basically, if you're familiar with the WarioWare games, there is a game, there's a bathroom game in there where you, um, I think it's in. I know it's in the Wii one in uh, Smooth Moves, but you basically separate men into the men's room and ladies into the ladies' room. But they updated it now to where it's not men's room and ladies' room anymore. Now it's like peeing and pooping are the two sides. So I thought that was cool. So it's actually like completely gender neutral now and there's no like designated bathroom. I thought that was really brilliant that they actually changed it for the time. I just didn't expect that. You know, I saw it and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is the ladies and men's one. I played this one before. And then I'm looking at the pictures because there's pictures on, you know, on each of the doors. You know, one of them is a picture of like a statue peeing and like another one of like someone sitting down. But they're very like androgynous. It's not really looking one way or the other. And the people as they walk by, they're like either holding their butt or like holding the front of themselves. And that's how you can tell which one's which. I was like, because I was looking at it, I was like, oh, where's the, 
I was like, oh, there's no male female rooms, and I was like, oh, but they're not, and they're not, and I was like, oh wow, that's really progressive. I just it blew me away. I didn't expect that. In there, I was like, way to go, Nintendo! Like, way to way to be uh, gender neutral. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they totally. Now we need to update our, and... our bathrooms to have peeing and pooping rooms. I mean, that was like I thought that was brilliant because, like, yeah, no matter who you are, you you got to pee and poop, you know. So that's, that's cool. Though. Everybody was covered. I was just Trey and I talk about it a little bit. Uh, the video will probably be posted later this week, but when we played our SNES Classic, we did a video of it and we talked about it. And mm. Yeah, I think we kind of dis- discussed the same thing, John. The good how it's a good idea to have separate bathrooms for peeing and pooping. And I've actually experienced that before. Oh yeah, in the Jamaica, right? Where they in had Jamaica, a pooping yeah. area. They wouldn't, let you, they wouldn't let you pee in the the toilet. You had to go pee in the yard, and then you pooped. You only pooped in the toilet. Yeah, I figured that was like a water issue or something, like water use, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, WarioWare Gold. It's a really it's a really cool game. Um, I know a lot of people wish it was on Switch, but I think it was their love letter to the stuff that had come before in the handheld ver- world. And I'm sure they're working on a new one for Switch. I mean, why wouldn't they? But it's it's a blast to play. It is really, really fun. And oh, and, and it's completely voiceovered. And another crazy thing you can do in it, which I've never seen in another game, you can basically go and re-record all the voices yourself if you want to for the cutscenes, which well, is pretty funny. hilarious. Like, so you so you can like uh, it's called studio mode, and you unlock and you'll unlock the different uh, cutscenes as you go through the game, and you could basically like, you know, like oh, I want to redo this uh, the Jimmy cutscene, but I'll but I'll say the words, but you don't even have to say the words. You could say like whatever you wanted, and it'll just record it and it'll play it. And there's two, you know, you do the different sides of the different characters. So your friends could do it, or you could do different voices, and you could just make your own cutscene. It's crazy. I haven't seen that in a game before. They should have that in every game for all the people who complain about the English translations. Well, do it yourself. I mean, I was saying, you can't do it on the Switch, because there's no microphone on the Switch anymore. They would have to make oh, yeah. some sort of a... There's a... So there's totally a karaoke game in the eShop, and I was wondering how that even works. Maybe, switch. maybe it has a mic, or maybe you hold the button to hit it pitch. I don't know. Well, I mean, it was you could download it through the eShop, so obviously it doesn't have a mic. No, I mean, like, maybe there's a mic that you buy. Like, you can download yeah. uh, the um, the Taiko Tatsujin, but, uh, but, I mean, you have to play with motion controls unless you order the drum, you know? But you can still buy it. <laughs> it's like, uh, you can still buy it digitally. I don't know. You should buy it and see what, what happens when you get the karaoke one. Maybe you have to, like, hold it at a certain level. And that's maybe maybe you just move your mouth in front of the camera. I'm not it, buying and it. it and it's like, somehow it's either fifty or sixty bucks. Yeah, move your mouth in front of the camera, and somehow it knows that you're singing. You know, the, the IR camera. <laughs> maybe that's it. Well, if it can convert vibration into sound in the controller, maybe it can go the other way around too. <laughs> what, like recording your sound or, or knowing your yeah, sound? Is the, uh, make it vibrate, and then. Turns it into sound. Yeah, the vibration somehow turns it into a microphone. I don't think so. But I mean, yeah, sound is vibration. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of the way the sound works. <laughs> I, I know. I know the waveform of um from uh, download from uh, <laughs> from editing this show so much. I know. Like what you see it in your head when you I, think of um, you see the waveform. No, I can tell what it is when I look at the podcast. I'm like, I'm like, that's an um. I can tell right. what that um, is. Um, 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 I'm not um, good um, enough um, to um, where um. I can tell the different waveforms of all of your ums, but I do know it's an um. I can spot an um from a mile away, but uh, <laughs> it's like some matrix shit there. Anyway, let's uh, so let's talk about a couple things really quick. First off, man, Philip, what the fuck were you thinking, man? Oh yeah, an IGN. I mean, I don't want I don't want to harp on him, but that's just crazy. That I mean, you know, back when I was in high, when I was in college, like I was kind of, you know, I felt kind of like. 
I, I didn't, you know, feel very confident in my own writing. So I used to steal like parts from songs and put them into poems or whatever. But, you know, if I was a professional writer getting paid to be a writer, I would never take somebody's work and use it as my own. And, and especially like for IGN, like everybody sees their shit. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, what was he thinking? Like it's, it's obviously that guy's going to find it, <laughs> the guy that he took it from. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why you would take that route. And why would you ever think that it was going to work, you know, unless it was like maybe you wanted to get fired? I don't know. I don't know. I can only speculate and think that maybe it was just, a, you know, it's obviously a lapse in judgment and maybe he was overworked, overwhelmed. And or he's been doing it for years and he just finally got cut. Yeah. Or maybe he's just a hack. I mean, I never really, other, I don't know. He, I never yeah. really liked him that much on the show. I mean, I didn't hate him, but. I didn't really, there wasn't really anything that I was like, oh yeah, I like the way he does this, you know. I told John, I mean, we talked about it like not on the show. I was like, well, I always felt like he was kind of vanilla, you know. He never really had a passion about the game. Like, he didn't seem to like be really, he didn't, his, his, his opinions weren't interesting, I guess, to me. It seemed like he just liked everything. And there wasn't really, you know, there, I didn't I really find the, uh, you know, like a lot of, I think, I think good podcasters are people who actually have interesting yeah. opinions or like you like the way they talk about right. whether what they don't why they don't why they don't um, like a thing or why they don't do like a thing and i'm not talking about like edge lords or whatever who are just like shitty all the time i don't like that stuff but yeah. but i like people who have you have unique like uh sure a, who, have a, who have unique feeling, feelings on yeah. games and unique uh you know things sure. that they like and all that I mean, the, yeah, the best I, yeah. podcasters are the people who have the strong have strong opinions but at the same time are able to express those opinions without being, like you said, an edgelord or overbearing. Yeah. I don't want people um, to like shoot people down constantly. I don't like that. And yeah. I don't like people that complain all the time. I just feel like yeah. you should have, I just felt like he was very, he liked everything. It's like, there was not really any criticism or anything that I noticed. And it felt kind of like boring in that way. Cause it wasn't like, well, you should have an opinion on something, you know, you should be like, well, this game. I remember seeing people complain or, about him a lot on, yeah. <laughs> on the IGN boards. Yeah, he just yeah. didn't really on see the uh, yeah. uh, podcast. I think he did get better. He got more comfortable with it. I guess maybe too comfortable. Yeah, he's like, I can do whatever I want. I can even um, steal reviews. <laughs> yeah, way too comfortable. But I, as far as on the podcast, like you, he seemed like he was a little bit nervous at first. And I gave him a little bit of, of slack because you know he was the new guy on the job and oh yeah, you know, yeah, talking with all these people that he just met. And, sure, and have been there for years with them, right? Yeah. But. I think he 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 got better, and I, I I think I don't know I don't know what happened in his mind this weekend, but it was the wrong choice, and he maybe just got too comfortable in the job. Must have had some dead cells in his brain. But right? it's so, but it's crazy, like because when he tweeted about it, he was like, "This is the first review I've completely written and edited by myself." Like, yeah, right. Yeah, he, right he really it's laid it on. It. He laid yeah. it on thick. It wasn't like he just was like. But then it well, wasn't shit. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm just phoning this one in because I can't because uh, I have writer's block. Mm-hmm. He's so going to do some some light yeah. plagiarism slash paraphrasing or whatever. No, I mean, I watched the video comparing the two and it's yeah. pretty spot on like the plagiarism. Like a lot of it's like word for word. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and that's why I was kind of yeah. like, why would you do that? Like that's an, why yeah. I didn't understand. Like I understand like maybe watching something and being like lightly influenced by it where like maybe you'd say like absorbing oh, like, it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I like the way they said that. So I'm going to say it, you know, it sure. kind of, it, it reminds me of like that time that South Park did that episode about uh, Inception. Do you remember that? And they used a line from an internet video from like a college humor video that was about Inception that wasn't actually in the movie. 
and people call them out for it, and they're like, "Oh well, yeah, we we watched it, and we forgot, we didn't realize that it wasn't in the movie either, so we just used it." Yeah. So, what like, do you think? Maybe he that type of thing. You're, you're not supposed to watch yeah. other people's reviews when you're when you're reviewing. I know that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. Be I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't. Maybe do it. he watched it one time, but he has this crazy photographic memory, and it just like stuck with him <laughs> word for word. Yeah. Right. That's a pretty bad excuse, yeah. but I mean, you still shouldn't do it. I mean, I myself, like, before I'm talking about something, I don't want to listen to other people's views on it because I don't want, because then I'm, I'll end up, you know, having something that sounds like what they said, you know, instead of not. I feel like it still tinges your, uh, your, what you say if you listen to what other people said about it. Yeah. I try not to do that for, for this or for the Honey Darling show either. Like, I try to just not listen to other people's reviews of whatever we're talking about before we talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think IGN had any other choice but to let him go because they had their own journalistic integrity to protect. Sure. Well, yeah, of course. And he yes. represents the company. He put that on the line, and, and I think they have, they obviously made the right choice and protected themselves, and he put them in a bad position, yeah. you know, to where they had to defend themselves, and they did the right thing. And I was very pleased with how swiftly they did it. It was so like, quick, too. It and wasn't even half like in the day, yeah. Well, I mean, the hammer of the internet was striking very hard. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, well, you got to go, man. I'm sorry. And it was like, yeah, I mean, what else would they have done, really? I know some people were like, oh, well, no, I mean, it he should have like, just been demoted. And I'm Reddit, like, well. Just in general, not just the Nintendo or the IGN yeah. things. And made it all the way to the top. Yeah. And what I was thought, I mean, I most like content creators on YouTube that just like say the same news over and over again, which I know we've done that, too. But it, they kind of annoy me. But that kind of annoyed me extra, where it's like every video was like, it's IGN took this guy's thing. And I was like, he already made a video that said that. Like, you don't need to make, make a video yeah. and say the same thing. It's almost yeah, as annoying. Video or something. Well, I mean, it's almost as annoying as like, you know, there's a Smash Brothers Direct thing. And there's like YouTube channels that cut parts of the Direct out and repost it as their video. I mean, how is that different than, well, what, what, than yeah. what Philip Mewson's doing? I guess. I don't know. It annoys me as well, where it's like, like you just took stuff from a video and now you're like, here's this part of the video. Here's where Luigi got stabbed. Spoilers for later. Sure. But it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, and now it's your video. Now you have 50,000 views for something that's not even yours. Like, isn't there a copyright thing in there? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel the same way about that. I can't stand it when <laughs> I watch a video and someone is presenting it as news when I know that they just got it from the same source that I got it. Exactly, right? Like yeah. IGN, Kotaku, or one of the, yeah. any other handful of websites. Or from the direct. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, you got what it from the direct. What I want to hear from an individual on YouTube or a podcast is, like, their thoughts, their opinion. The same yeah. thing that I hope to hear in a review from mm -hmm. IGN. I can go anywhere for, for the facts on a game, but I would go to... This reviewer on IGN, because I like his opinion, I generally think he's all right. Or that that reviewer, mm, sure. or that YouTuber. You know, the important thing here is we all get the information basically from the same source, Nintendo, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're a fan of somebody on YouTube or wherever else because of their opinion. Sure. So wh why are you going to, as a professional in the industry, copy off the little guy? It's it's it's, it's just it's sad. Yeah. He should get a. I mean. I don't think he should necessarily get Philip's job offered to him, which I know a lot of people have been saying, but he should still get something. They should like promote his video yeah. or put it on well, their he, channel or he's whatever. He's got hella know. promotion from him already just from the response. Sure. Oh, I'm sure he has. I mean, I put him on, on the map big time. Yeah. It was like released yesterday and it had earlier this afternoon like 353,000 views. Yep. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll have a million soon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, well, it became so a. So even if IGN doesn't hire him, he's going he's gonna to get some sort of job offer at some place along the line, I think. Yeah. 
It became, I think the right thing for IGN to do would be, you know, give him an opportunity. Because the guy is pretty good. I watched a couple of his other videos, and he seems like a good, thorough reviewer. Give him an opportunity to do some freelance work. And maybe not give him Philip's job, obviously, yeah. but I mean, that, do some yeah, freelancing yeah. and have, have what a if they What if they actually just put the review back up, but his version of it that he did? Yeah, right. Hey, there you go. And yeah. give him the, the writing credit for, even if they don't. Like you're saying, even if they don't hire him on staff, give him some money for a free, like freelance money, and that's that would be that's going to be good for their image too. Uh-huh. I'm behind that. The perfect solution, yeah, right, th- right there. Just post his review and transcribe it, put some text mm-hmm. on there for the text version. Sure. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm behind that. That's that's a good. I was thinking about that too. I was like, yeah, why don't you just? I mean, I, they pulled the review off the site. Like, just put his video up there and be like, here, here's our review now. <laughs> now it's, Imagine being the guy who would have to write the new Dead Cells review. Just like that would be too much. Like you know, he's like, well, that. it's not. It's not really. Yeah, do you want to like pick other things other than Metroidvania? Right. It's more like a. I don't. Even, I don't even know. <laughs> it's more like a Shovel Knight tale. Nope. This duck. this YouTuber said that. No. Nope. That YouTuber there, he said yeah. that. Can't do that one. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. More pressure. Just give the other guy a platform. And put his review on there. I agree. Well, the review would just theory. basically be like, Dead Cells sucks. It's a stupid game. Don't ever play it. Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> think anybody ever said I mean, that. Who knows what, how it's affecting the sales of Dead Cells? Because a yep. lot of people do go to IGN for their, their yeah. source of information. Sure. So all this controversy sure. surrounding the game could be good. It could also I be I think it's good. Bad. I mean, actually, kind probably of probably more good than bad, but I was thinking about buying the game, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't want to play that. Like, I, all when that, I saw all the nine point five, I was like, do we have another <laughs> Celeste on our hands? Like, is this going to be another game that just completely blows me away? But now I'm questioning it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. I have so many other games to play that I figured I was going to pass on it. But it's I know I, I mean it's it's got to be pretty good because I feel like there's already like a hundred Metroidvanias on there. So how is it going to be? More Metroidvania than the other Metroidvanias, you know. Also, it might be worth looking and seeing if it's cheaper on, on another platform because it's been on PC for a while, I think. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't like a simultaneous release like Celeste was, mm-hmm. which is another reason Celeste was so special. Well, Celeste was like, uh, was it was it on other systems? It was, yeah, right? It came oh, out for everything okay. all at once. Okay, yeah, I, I just felt like <laughs> just in, since Nintendo spotlighted it, I thought it was exclusive, but it isn't. But uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Smash Brothers after if you guys have said enough about Dead Cells and all that stuff. We yeah, I, I do think that Philip's probably getting more shit than he deserves. Maybe I know he's getting yeah. The internet's pretty rough nowadays. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's like I said, you, you should never play plagiarize anything, or even think that you could get away from it, get away with it, you know. But yeah, but people are being pretty rough on, to him on the internet, which that's kind of the world we live in, you know. People, suck. I think that's a good thought to leave it on. Everybody should just you know, he's had his punishment. He's out of a job. He got fired. Um, yeah, you don't need to like hound him on the internet. I mean, yeah, don't he, he gets it. Him. He knows he fucked uh, up. Yeah, I'm sure. He seemed like a pretty nice guy to me, and you know, just like, but let him be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll show up like as another, have another like YouTube channel or something. You know, I'm hopefully, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he'll team up with Moriarty, and they can have like the most <laughs> controversial YouTube channel ever. Yeah, God, <laughs> he had, had to bring him into it too. Sorry. Yeah, they can. You're talking about Edge Lords, so they can have their own uh, fun right wing uh, bullshit, you know, all that. But uh, anyway, let's talk about something nicer. Uh, Smash Brothers Direct happened today, which was uh, pretty cool. Uh, we were we like messaging each other back and forth before it started, 
And uh, both John and I talked about them talking about online, and yet they didn't on this. And mm-hmm. uh, do you think that was what was blurred out? Like, I know not a lot of people are saying single player, but I say online mode because they didn't mention anything about online in this whole thing. I think thing. online was not blurred out. I think they had a, a square for online. Um, oh, was over it? Over on the right side of the screen, there was like, looked like there's a spot where there was like a message inbox kind of mm-hmm. thing. It looked like all the internet options were on the right. And, oh, okay. And yeah. not like an individual selection mm-hmm. like the other stuff. Well, Here's something interesting that somebody pointed out on the NBC forum. I wish I remembered who right now. I'd give them credit. But somebody pointed out that that blurry pixel, the green pixelated area in the bottom left corner, when they sharpen the image, it looks like it says spirits. And not only that, but in the Japanese version of the video, when you sharpen that area, it looks like the katakana for the word spirits. So that plus what happened to poor Luigi, rest his soul at the beginning, something related to spirits. Uh, yeah. So you think it's a mode that has to do with Luigi losing his, uh, whatever, getting hit by that guy? Possibly. That's what this video, I don't, this, uh, I, don't believe, I don't believe that. <laughs> and if that's true, then maybe that could be like the, the story mode for whatever reason they call it spirits. Yeah. I, I or it could know. be another name for like, like go- ghosts, like in racing games, there's ghosts. Maybe there's ghosts fighters that you fight that yeah. are like based on like world champion players or yeah maybe developers so, yeah. or something I, yeah i really don't think it's a luigi thing because if you remember correctly last time we saw smash brothers stuff at e3 mario got killed too by ridley and, and nobody really and cared man, about that yeah so it's like it's not like they haven't killed people before on smash brothers even though like luigi's ghost was like returning to his body at the end there but i don't think it would be a directly thing about him i i have a feeling that it's Basically, whatever their like new thing is going to be like the f- similar to like the board game mode on the Wii U one, or like the Kirby uh, the thing that's like that Kirby game on GameCube on the on the 3DS one where you collect shit and then fight each other later. It's going to be whatever the Switch's version of that is. You know, that's what that's going to be. It's going to be like their new quirk. You know, aside from the regular matches, there'll be some sort of weird ass thing on there. It's like a party mode, or it's like a I don't know I don't know what to call it. Like the thing from a from the Kirby, the Kirby Air Ride had it, like where you basically go around and collect a bunch of shit, and then you fight each other at the end with whatever upgrades you got. Like basically, there was something like that on 3DS. Oh, I remember that mode. Yeah. I played that with you a few times. Yeah, it's basically it, it, it's basically Fortnite before Fortnite. It's basically what Kirby's Air Ride was. But uh, yeah, they they kind of created the battle royale. I think in a way. At me on Twitter if you don't believe me. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's something like that. I really don't think it's a full-fledged single player because I feel like if it was, they would have shown it by now. And every time you see a cutscene, they make sure and put in, in like big letters on the bottom, not actual footage, just to let you know that that's not yeah. part of the game. So, I mean, I, if, if they did have that in there, I think they would like not put that on there because I feel like they really, really want you to not think that there's a single player on there, which is weird. But from what we saw today, there's going to be a shitload of options. And I was like, I mean, I know people have been talking about Simon Belmont, but I was still like delightfully surprised that he was in there at the beginning. I was very, very happy yeah. about that. And I love that intro with all the like, uh, with like the Reaper and the ghosts and the creature and all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. Like yeah. with the, the Medusa. Yeah. yeah. And it was pretty, it was pretty dark. Like when uh, the Reaper like just like pulls Luigi's soul like right out of him. Like that was pretty crazy. Yeah. But, but I love that whole yeah. part. That whole beginning was awesome. Like, uh. It's really cool. I actually I felt like the beginning and the ending were awesome for as far as like uh, announcing characters. Like I really dug the uh I love the way they introduced King K. Rule as well. 
Well, like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was very funny. Well, like Sac, if you notice, like Sakurai was talking, and as Sakurai was talking, like the world started shaking. Did you catch that? Like, yep. at, yeah, like at the that. very end of what he was saying, you heard like thump, 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 and then it, and it, and I'm like, uh oh, something's coming, and then it goes away, and then you still hear the footsteps, and then it cuts to Donkey Kong and Diddy, and then you know, and yeah, and then they did the the fake out. They were it's like it's King K. Rule. No, it isn't. Oh wait, no, it is. You know, they did like the fun misdirect fake out thing, and that was cool. The double yeah, it was like DDD, and then it was, and then he got slashed by K. Rule. <laughs> but I, I like their attention to detail. He even has like the weird, the weird like spinning uh, crown throw from D- from Donkey Kong yeah. One, if you remember that Donkey Kong Country. And 1. then he has the uh, the propeller thing from I think it was Donkey Kong Two when he was the mad scientist. Well, he has and- the gun. And he can can he like reverse your controls also because he did that in uh yeah Donkey Kong too. Well, yeah, there was the one version of him you fought, and then the Lost Levels version of him was like harder to to beat. It was more like intense. Yeah, yeah. And, well, he had, he and shot, that's the one where he had the uh, propeller on his backpack. He shot the goo at you that made you slower reverse yeah. and all that in that one. I, I beat both of them, but I never. I don't know what he looked like in three because I never beat three because three sucks. But. There was even a Donkey Kong 64 reference with the uh, island shaped like DK's head. Oh, that's mm-hmm. from Donkey Kong 1, man. That's from Donkey Kong Country. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, his, it looks like his head in that one as you go up the thing at the very beginning. We played that in that video, which you can find on Twitch. But yeah, no, I, I, was, I was happy to see him in there. And I liked that he has he has his giant gun from his giant uh, pirate gun from 2. And uh, you can actually suck people into it and shoot them from what I saw. And you can also shoot barrel or shoot a cannonballs in that so that's I know people cool. were talking about having him for a long time like they really wanted him why do you guys think people really wanted him to be in it i don't know because people like donkey Kong country i guess i think i think people love to play the villain that's one thing that smash brothers lets you do mm-hmm. and that's a villain yeah, that hasn't been around yet it's a weird true. yeah it's kind of weird that they're embracing I, I'm, I'm wondering if they actually are going to have another donkey Kong country coming up because Spoilers in WarioWare Gold. There is in the Nintendo collection. There is a Wario. There is a Donkey Kong Country thing in there, which kind of <laughs> like caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh whoa, no way!" Because they don't normally do that. But you know, like when they do the collections, where and also a uh, nine volt has a mo- mother nine five volt. They, she's good now, and says so she changed from the uh, evil demon lady that's trying to catch you play your game. Now she's nice and she likes games, which I thought was. A good progression as well. Instead of portraying mothers as evil beings, she actually became like she's she's not a single, not a one-dimensional character anymore. Now she's actually a cool person. That likes, he he got a new mom. I would that. love a new mom. Hit my game. He, so he, I was gonna say he got a new yeah. mom, and that's that's the mom from my hit my game that was in. <laughs> yeah, he got a, he got a nice mom now that brings that brings games for him on picnics and stuff. They do go on a picnic, and he mentions how nice it was that she brought a game. But, what did yeah. you guys think about? And I didn't notice this until after the fact, but that there is a yellow and purple chair back behind Sakurai when he was talking. Like, why why was there that. a plastic yellow and a plastic purple chair? I never noticed the exact colors of Wario. Or, Maybe uh, he's everybody, who's, everybody who's who's asking for Waluigi, take a seat. <laughs> Take a seat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or that I I killed him and turned him into chairs. I think that someone said that online. I, I think it should be purple and red, and it just shows the blood of Waluigi, and now he's been destroyed so many times as an assist trophy. Which, speaking of assist trophies, what the fuck, man? I was real bummed that uh, sma- that a uh, Shovel Knight was not a playable character, and he got reduced to an item. That that really bummed me out. He's way cooler than that. 
Like he could, he would have been a really cool character to play as. There's nobody like him. You can't bogo on anybody's head with anybody else. Nope. It would have been cool for the indie scene to have an entry in Smash Brothers as a playable character. Yeah, and and to have one, the one to have would be would be Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight's an incredible game. Like those, and those, his move set already kind of fits the Smash Brothers vernacular. Really. Oh, well, totally. Yeah, because like it's already a down B move. His uh, his pogo thing is. So I kind of was disappointed by that, but but Simon looks like he's going to be a lot of fun to play as. I like all the different uh, like where he has the cross and he has like the holy holy water and the yeah and the axe and Dracula shows up sometimes and basically fights you the same way that he does in uh, Castlevania Four. And I also like that he has the eight way whip from Castlevania Four. And there's also a thing where you hold the whip and you can just like move it around. it around. That's uh-huh. from Castlevania Four cool. too. Yeah, she does to peach you. Yeah, but it's a it's that's a move from the Super Nintendo one, so I like that. And Richter's in there as well from Rondo of Blood as an Echo. So character, they said so. they said uh, Simon has the longest reach of any character. They did yeah. longest, uh, yeah, yeah, with the whip. And they said so. it was a little bit slower, but it has the longest yeah. reach. And, and he's vulnerable it, while his whip's activated. Yeah, I wonder if the whip is like, is it as powerful as say, is it like somewhere between power wise a punch? And a projectile. I mean, because it's kind of a projectile, mm-hmm. but not really. Know. I don't know. I don't know. It might maybe somewhere in between. Another another thing. Uh, I mean, there's they went through all the lists of the different stuff. There's a was there 67 characters now total for playable characters. A lot of characters. There's a there's like over what over 800 songs, and now you can use songs. you can use your Switch as an MP3 player. <laughs> they said 900 songs, including the menus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I thought it was funny. There's like now you can uh, play it with it turned off in your in your purse. I'm like all right, and you can there flip was, your hair around a, and take it off. There was definitely a game on the 3ds that let you do that, and I can't remember. I thought maybe it was the Smash Brothers game, but I, I remember there was a game that would let you listen to the sounds of the game with the with the with the clothes with the thing closed. I mean, if I uh, if I didn't if I didn't show up. But if I didn't get here so late, I would have been able to test it on on my own 3ds because I have it on there. But I don't I don't know. I never used it if it was on there, so I, I didn't know about it. But I mean, that's always nice that you can listen to that 300 or 800, 900, whatever songs. That 28 would, over 28 hours worth of music. Yeah, but I thought you would. I thought you would really like it because you love you know as much as you like video game music. It would make it gives you a lot of access to like. A lot of different tracks. Yeah, I wish yeah. they would. Re- I mean, they would have to release it in like a ten disc, like <laughs> ultimate collection or something. But it'd be cool. I mean, they they you you could get free discs of uh, the 3ds and Wii U one. So I did get those for buying both of them, registering them. And that and was you know a like, disc thing. I said I said to you guys earlier, but for sixty dollars, that'd be worth it just for the music alone. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. nine hundred songs, twenty eight yeah. hours of music for sixty bucks. That's still a that's a deal. Well, that's probably what uh, you would end up having to pay if you bought all of it like an album form. Was probably around yeah. that because I bought a I bought the E soundtrack for like twenty five, but that has like probably at least like two hundred songs on it. I think there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of songs on it. It's like you're buying a a giant box set when they sold box sets way back in the day, but you're also getting a free huge game with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they're definitely going crazy with it. I mean this is going to be like. It's definitely has its title. It's the ultimate ultimate collection, and I really like the uh, Castlevania. What did they say? There was like thirty Castlevania songs in there, or something at least. Yeah, they added like a shit ton of extra tracks. Uh, twenty four, or yeah, thirty four new tracks were added mm. just for the ones Belmont stage. Yeah, I mean, 
I wish that that meant that there was a new Castlevania game, but that never means anything, just because he's in Smash Brothers. And plus Konami, they seem to hate their properties nowadays, so, I mean, there's probably not much of a chance of seeing a an official good 2D Castlevania game, but I really wish they would do that. That would be really nice. That would be nice. I mean, I guess you know, we, um, we have Castlevania coming, it, but it just felt like one of one. I don't know if it's the last piece, but one of the last key pieces of that era of NES games being represented on uh, Smash Brothers because mm. they got Mega Man. Uh, you know, they got every old Nintendo property, obviously. Pac Man. Uh, going into the game 16-bit era, they yeah. they got you know Street Fighter and all those other characters, but Castlevania was like the big one that was missing. If it, if there was one big third party one that was missing i think i would say it was castlevania yeah and now they got it yeah castlevania was a big presence on the nes it's nice to have it in there yep finally i guess you can rearrange your characters and have the echoes as separate characters or within the within the selection that's kind of neat um there's a were they aren't there like different modes of all the levels oh no you can turn off the uh you can t- you can turn off the interactivity now, so now mm-hmm. like now the levels won't necessarily attack you. There won't be dangers. Right. I thought the stage morph was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, stage morph really is cool, cool, where you can set it up to morph into another stage. So if you want to do like, it'll change on the fly, so you can have it flip from another thing to another. And there was also I hope there are the, special uh, things that happen when you blend certain stages, like Castlevania and Metroid. When you put those two together, something cool should happen. It becomes Dead Cells. Comes <laughs> Dead Soul stage, something like that. There's another. There was another army or, or no, another Fire Emblem character in there. Chrome got added as a Echo character. Seven Fire Emblem characters now. So many, too many. Uh, <laughs> wasn't there another? Oh yeah, Dark Samus Echo character in there. That's cool. I'm down with that. That's cool. Yeah. So like in the past, Metroid was pretty underrepresented. It was you know just originally Samus, and then we've, we got uh, we got Zero Suit Samus. And, you know, like, who else was it before? Well, it was... What do you mean? I mean, the original... Uh, Samus was in the original Smash Brothers. Samus, the was original, in, yeah. Samus, Samus was in Melee. And then we, on we, then Zero Suit Samus became the second form of... Well, you would transform into Zero Suit after you did the super right. move of Samus. Right. So, and then... And, and, and vice versa. Because you're relatively alone most of the time in Metroid. Mm-hmm. I always felt like there should be more... Metroid represented in Smash. And now I think they're doing that. Now we got well, you know, now there's Samus, three Zero Suit. Well, we now, got Dark Samus, and we got Ridley. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now there's like four. So there's yeah. still there's still not that much. <laughs> but there not are that, much, are but that many characters. Yeah. What can you do with a minimalist kind of game? Yeah, they could like put Metroid. all those. Uh, they could put all those uh, bounty hunters from Prime Hunters in there <laughs> if you wanted to, <laughs> like all extra four or five of them. <laughs> like you could throw them in there. Uh, another thing I thought was really cool is a. Uh, I like how there's the option that you can build up your super meter now instead of just like collecting it, instead of collecting it as an item, that there's like an actual super meter. So you can like, it's kind of like Street Fighter style where you can build it up and then do your super move. And they and they said like now it can be more hectic because there'll be more super moves and all that. And you can't do two super moves at once either. So they're limited, limiting that. But yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff to do. Uh, what was it, a Cap'n that shows up in the car and, and drives you <laughs> to death? That was my death? favorite moment. I yeah. laughed out loud. I didn't you know. You get kidnapped. He just yeah. kidnaps you straight up, drives you away. He takes yeah. you to Animal Crossing, but you die on the way there. <laughs> There's a. He takes you to the Battle Royale Island. Yeah. And fight to the death. There was um. Yeah. Now they <laughs> added that to the sudden death. That it, it basically it uh you know sneaks in on you. It like uh zooms as as you as it gets to uh, make it more and more hectic. And there's fire around the side of the screens. I also That's like. Cool. They they mentioned that uh the old uh the old levels will be made to look as they did on sixty four and all that so everything will look still pixelated. Yeah. 
and whatnot. I saw the New Donk City level, and I was wondering oh, yeah, some kind of interactive element with the different members of the band. Like, you'd jump on the drummer's stage or the, the saxophonist stage, mm-hmm. and they kind of, like, I forget if it's like they could sort of spin around or have some kind of magic flash or something. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the what it adds up to, but it adds up to something. I think that you add pieces to the song that way. Yeah, maybe. Could be like some yeah. sort of interactive, uh, yeah, inter- interactive uh, musical thing in there. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I don't know. Final smashes were always like you grabbed an item and that was your final smash, right? Mm-hmm. Was there ever a meter yeah. where you built up a final smash before? That's, that's what I just talked about. Oh, you did? Yeah, like two seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Now, now there's now there's uh, meters that you blow up that you build up like in Street Fighter, which that wasn't in there before. But uh, yeah, that's they're talking about how it's more hectic and you can only do one final smash at once. When your when your meters are full, but uh, is there anything else that I mean? I think there was a lot. There's a lot to take in. A lot of it was like uh, items, assist trophies. I know we were talking uh, before this about the, having an ice hockey assist trophy, and I don't think there was an actually an actual ice hockey one. I was looking it up. There's a there's a site there's a site bike. There's a advance wars. There's some sort of uh, gradius style one, but I don't know exactly what what shooter it is. But it is like one of those old school arcade shooters. It's one that'll pull you away, so maybe it is. No, I think it's Galaga, right? That's the one yeah. where you get where you get pulled away, where they like, uh, where they where they come in and abduct you or whatever. You know what I'd like yeah. to have? I just thought of this: a black box level, just a mix of all the black box games, like the original oh, that'd NES be cool. games. That'd be a cool thing. I think that'd be cool to have something like that. Where, or, or like Ice Climber. Back to the beginning. Yeah. What's up? Or like Ice Climber? Wasn't that a black box game? Like that old? That was. That was. But like. Uh, like golf or like that pinball game or all the ones that Hogan's you know, Alley. Hogan's Alley. All the ones yeah. that kind of don't really have a place on their own, but if you kind of put them together, it might be a cool, cool homage to the beginning of, of the NES. Yeah, it'd be like, uh, yeah, I mean, they do levels like that. It'd be like the WarioWare level or like the, yeah, or, e- like or even like the Miiverse level, which doesn't exist anymore, right. which Jeremy and I found out when we played online on the Wii U one. You can't play yeah. the Miiverse level anymore because Miiverse is dead, which sucks. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, ex- I mean, I'm more excited about it the more I hear about it, and I guess you know they're holding more stuff now with a uh, with that other mode that they won't talk about. And they the showed mode, that, yeah. and they they added the characters into that picture, and I was looking at the picture, and I'm like, is yes. there room for anybody else in there? I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. look at that picture. Where where are the empty spots? How many more people are coming? There's not really, I mean, but I think they'll still be people. And stuff. They got Photoshop. Yeah. Well, and also, I think that they would be, they would not make it look, they're not going to show you like something with spaces in it. I think they'll just be like, they'll, they'll do, they'll, they'll do another one. Yeah. You know, do another one and show spaces and put them in there. I'm not, I would, if I was betting, I would bet that they're not done with announcing characters. You know, they still got a couple months left. I yeah. thought that training mode thing looked pretty cool with like, it was oh, like yeah, a grid yeah. and you could, you could, you could sort of like see visually how everybody's moves were and mm-hmm. right. how they affected other characters. So you would even be able, if you were like super intense about studying for a tournament or something, you could, oh, yeah. you could be Star Fox and you could see what it's like against Ness if he has twenty eight percent and mm-hmm. you use this attack and it'll show you the actual distance and the angle they move. Yeah, and, it shows like the arcs of different right. percentage damage. Yeah, that was really so, cool. So anyone that's like a data junkie is gonna love that. Well, it's mode, like I think. It's like that time that you and I, uh, that Jeremy and I played Smash Brothers in Kentucky with Brian. Do you remember that? And one of the, and we were talking about like how Luigi like kicks the floor, like that was like his taunt. Uh-huh. And when some guy there was like, "Oh yeah, that's that gives that's like five damage, <laughs> like five percent damage," and that's like it reminded me of them, those guys that were like so nerdy about it that they knew all that shit. They knew like what what like so you could actually kill somebody with that move. 
if if they had enough damage, you know, like with the, with the floor kick. So it's pretty it's pretty funny. But yeah, the more I see about it, the more excited I am. I mean, it's I was always kind of like that's ah, another Smash game, and I'm still kind of in the same way. I'm never I was never going to not get it, but now seeing like Simon Belmont and all yeah. that stuff, I saw a picture of uh, I don't know if you saw this picture. I saw it online of us uh, of Simon drinking potion with uh, Young Link drinking milk. That was uh, <laughs> I think o- Jose Otero oh, funny. posted like that on Twitter. But yeah, they they're standing next to each other, both drinking. Like he's drinking the holy water, and uh, Link is drinking the milk. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's one of those uh, fun Smash. I think I, I think as far as Smash goes, I'm still. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm excited, but I'm still more excited to find out what the heck's going on with the online and how that's going to sure. factor in. Oh yeah, there's also because this is going to be the flagship mm-hmm. online right. game uh, yeah. for the for the yeah for their um, online service hopefully. And there's also that mode where you can like uh, pick four people and like switch out, switch in and out with your friends and all that. You can pick up pick squads like three person. Or I was kind of hoping that was going to be like a ta- cool. like tech and tag team kind of thing, but it, that's not it at all. Oh yeah, or like, like uh, get knocked out before you can bring the other characters in. Yeah, or like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom did that too, where you could like mm-hmm. have your guys jump in and out, and then they like heal when they're not fighting. I was yeah, I didn't. I was hoping it would do that too, but it doesn't seem to be the case. What do you guys uh, think of the banana gun? <laughs> I thought that hilarious. Thought that part was silly, <laughs> but fun. I it's guess a little, I don't a little know. extra icing on the King K rule cake. Yeah, right. More, more, more bananas to shoot at people. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Is there anything else? Oh, one more thing here. So it was announced for Europe. I hope it's announced here that they're having a box uh, package with the game, the GameCube controller, and the GameCube controller adapter. Yeah, the Wii U mm-hmm. one. It's the same one, even, you know, with the two USBs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. So, the I was Wii- thinking if it's not announced here, you know, good thing it's region free, because I might get that instead. But it comes with a Switch, though, right? Or, or no, it's just the game. Just the game, the controller, and the, and and the, the adapter. adapter. Oh, and the four-player yeah. adapter, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know they're re-releasing uh, GameCube controllers and all that for it, and they're just—it's mm-hmm. funny. Smash Brothers is just that game that just can't get away from the from the original controller. It just—it will just be with them forever. That you have to have that controller with it. It's We're just three years one away. giant button. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, with one giant. We're less than three years from that being a twenty-year-old controller, and it's still relevant. I know it's just so weird That's that this—it's the only game that I know of, aside from like light gun games or like karaoke games or something where you need a specific controller but that one was it like does. one very specific controller that just f- will haunt it forever it will always have to have that GameCube co- that damn GameCube controller you know and it wasn't like you needed to have an N64 controller though exactly <laughs> at least that didn't yeah happen. I was just gonna say that oh yeah from the first one yeah well it never really hit it I mean it didn't peak until like Melee Melee was the one that like I think blew everybody away yeah. you know which the first one was fun, like we played it in college yeah. and all that. But melee was was like, all right, here's let's let's see what we can do with this. You know, that's when well, there was a lot like, less serious. to play on the cube when melee came out. Whereas by the time Smash came out on N sixty four, you had Goldeneye and oh yeah, Mario Kart, and all kinds yeah. of great four player games already. Yeah, right. true. But but Smash was completely different. But then when melee, yeah, it was like that release window, so it came out right up front. So it's like, oh here. Here's a game that you'll play for the whole life cycle and beyond from this. You know, you'll just keep playing it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get your Mario game at launch, but here's every Nintendo character that you care about all in one package. Well, I so mean, that, that was amazing. This, I mean, this direct was announced at the Evo, at the EVO, uh, you know, the fighting game championship. And there's still, Melee is still a contender on there. It's like been on there since 
since whenever Evo started or whatever. You know, it's been right. been there forever. So it's like it's it's something like that this, will just this, never go away. You know, well, there will this always game will be probably knock the competition Wii U one off it. that platform, but it will not knock melee off. But that melee platform. will never melee get will be there off. forever. Yeah, melee will always be there because people are so in into it. You know, and I think that's crazy that it has so such such great legs. I mean, you know, that it could just keep going. It didn't skip leg day. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not like uh, those guys from Double Dragon. They totally skip <laughs> Referencing another YouTube comment that I got, <laughs> not as funny as those other ones, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Smash Brothers Ultimates was really shaping up to be a great game. Look, looking less and less like a port the more you see of it. You know, I think it's you know definitely a refined version of it. It's the it, ultimate version, as I said. Everybody, it's like John saying, there's here. so much content. It's like they're just cramming like four games together in a one plus yeah. a bunch of music they yeah. could buy individual and here's what i think i don't who think knows what many. the amiibos are going to be like oh my god yeah <laughs> well we're probably going to get i really want a dark samus one i know they're going to make one i have to get a simon yeah. i have to get a simon amiibo I, I mean i guess i might have to get a richter one too if i can king find k rule amiibo king k rule would be fun yeah i get that too yeah yeah i it, think it, there's just no way they're making a profit on smash anymore like there's just too much content in it. I think the strategy with Smash is make the game that's going to sell the system. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but all their Absolutely. stuff is. Uh, I mean, a lot of their stuff is owned by them. You know, I don't feel like they're right. But all the effort. That, I mean, like, maybe to, they're paying out to, make... to Konami for the Castlevania right. stuff or or Metal yeah. Gear or whatever. But well, that's Konami also. But <laughs> you know, like the 900 songs alone. Like how much did they spend on recording? all that music. Maybe some of it was recorded before, but they still had to I mean, a you know, lot of touch it, it up yeah. here and there. Yeah. Uh, just the music alone. It, multi-million dollar endeavor right there. Yeah. I, I, Sakurai maybe, made maybe it maybe sound making like, some money. I think they'll make it back. I think it's a profit margin. Sakurai made it sound like the, the music team was like they were the ones that were excited and wanted to make all these tracks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's true, it. but that's kind of the impression he gave. Yeah, he's know, like, why are there 34 new tracks just for Simon Stage? It's because <laughs> the team was so excited that they wanted to like do that many. Because they love it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to play it. That's uh, December, right around the corner. Cool. Well, that's that's been our... Uh, do you think Dracula will say, what is man? A miserable pile of secrets. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the Dracula that they showed look a lot more like the... Uh, NES one in the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. Dracula. Like, if you watched his attacks that he did, those are straight up from the boss battle of the uh, of Castlevania Four. So I feel like they're leaning more towards that. Even though Alucard is in there and he is modeled after his uh, Symphony of the Night Alucard. So either the reference and everything, bringing it all out. Hopefully they say it's like a what is it a bad night to have a curse or something like that. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the I want that box to one. pop up and get in the way and like annoy everybody and make you fly off the stage. <laughs> What the the Cas- yeah yeah the the Castlevania two stuff yeah right for sure is there anything else you want to say about the direct here no all right well that's been our update I don't know what else they can announce but they're going to announce even more because there's still so many months until this release for sure I'll probably put pray a- for Sakurai yeah pray for Sakurai awesome prayers yeah this has been episode one thirty three um, we are hosts I'm Trey Johnson I'm Jordan Mikowski John Nitter. And our guest, John Wedgworth from Nerd Noise Radio. Yeah, and uh, you can and and you and you can find that's where we can find you, right? Uh, Nerd Noise Radio on Twitter or uh, all those different. It's, it's pretty much the same all around, right? On, on all your uh, different social media. Yeah, 
Well, Nerd Noise Radio on Twitter. Uh, there's the Nerd Noise Radio Network Facebook page. There's Nerd Noise Radio Easy Mode and Expert Mode Facebook groups. Uh, there's Nerd Noise Radio at blogspot or dot blogspot dot com. Okay, cool. And I also wanted to shout out the VGM Podcast Fan Group on Facebook. It's run by Alex the Messenger Messenger and uh, two names. He's put right. Well, <laughs> Alex Messenger is his given name. The Messenger is how we know him. But of course. Uh, he he put together this fantastic group, and there's just so many wonderful people there, and so many great shows on there. Mm-hmm. I I almost want to shout out as every show I can, but I'm so afraid I'm going to forget somebody. So um, if anyone from the from the group is listening to this and I miss your show. I, it's completely unintentional. Uh, but I would love to shout out, uh, rhythm and pixels, uh, pixel two, I'm sorry. Um, uh, pixelated audio. Um, there's a new one. There's VG embassy. There's XVGM radio. There is forever sound version. There's camouflage. There is, uh, just recently shut down VGM JB. Uh, that shows over, but those guys are still on the scene and doing other cool stuff. And then, of course, the godfathers of all of this, the Legacy Music Hour. Also want to mention the Dyad Presents. That show's kind of in semi-stasis, but uh, Ben's still putting out shows, and it's great stuff. Edgar Velasco's putting out the Retro VGM Revival Hour. And then, of course, Mario's Grown Up Pixels. Nice. Um, yeah, on the VGM podcast fans group. Also, Retro, the Retro League and Retro Obscura that's been in hiatus for the past year or two is coming back. So I wanted to give shout-outs to all of those all those shows. Cool. Uh, and, and there's an elite group now too, right? Are, are you on that for the VGM? Is there an elite group? Yeah. I, there was, um, yeah, there's an elite group uh, made for people to have like, you know, to co-host on each other's shows. So I thought that was cool. That like, that just started a couple days ago from oh. that, from that VGM podcast. I'm not sure about that, but I, uh, I can message the messenger, no pun intended. And yeah, well, I don't think, he, I don't think he's the one who added me, but I did get added to the elite one. It's just like you just, um, they mentioned it on like one of the posts said it and you basically join and it asks you what your, what your show is. And then they like announce you to the group like it's Smash Brothers. So it says like, you know, Trey from Ward Radio joins the joins the battle or whatever. It says it'll they'll they'll put it up like that. So, but it's okay. in, it's in there. I didn't know it is because I did it because I did it, and it's through the VGM. So it's it's like a it's like a thing for people who run their own shows just to network with other people and have guests. So I'm open to like reach out to some other people who are doing those shows that you mentioned, and I have them on the show as well. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. Well, and and I have. I don't know if I'm at liberty to divulge these these pairings, but I have a couple shows that are planned for 2019. Like I said, even if 2019 doesn't happen in the way that we're familiar with it, these things will get done and they'll still get released at some point. Where we're going to uh, – well, I won't say what the subject is, but there's a couple people from – there's someone from the VGM podcast fan scene. There's someone from the Retro Junkies Network uh, that I'm going to be collaborating with on different episodes. So um, I suppose I should probably shout out the Retro Junkies Network. Uh, th- these guys – I don't think they have any v- uh, video game music shows except for mine. Uh, but there's a lot of video game talk shows. There's a lot of game by games. Uh, the Atari 2600 game by game, I think, is the premier one. Uh, and that's run by a fellow named Ferg, who is phenomenal. Uh, there's I mean, there's game by games for just about every uh, every system out there, and a lot of the weird ones like Jaguar and uh, Turbo Graphics and stuff like that. Uh, there is Genesis Gems. There's Two Dudes in a Nest. There's the SNES podcast. Uh, so we, there's a lot of good natured rivalry going between those guys. It's a lot of fun. So um, beyond the VGM podcast fan group, um, I totally recommend the Retro Junkies Network. Nice. Well, definitely check out that uh, the VGM podcast fans is what it is, right? The Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. All right. Check out Nerd Noise Radio. Check out VGM podcast fans on uh, Facebook and all those other shows that you said as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that's where you can find it. I, I'm pretty. If you Google Nerd Noise Radio, I'm sure you'll find all those things. 
but uh yeah you can go go to all the different uh different things uh make sure and rate it and you can find us at uh nintendoinpodcast.com uh youtube.com slash fingmater f-i-n-g-m-a-t-e-r and uh, twitch.tv slash nintendoinpodcast and you can find me on twitter at uh nintendo underscore domain and uh jeremy at jmaxstack and uh yeah and we do streams uh fairly often uh I'm hoping to do ones. Uh, I mean, after I finish this project that I'm working on, uh, I'll be doing. I'll have a whole week of not working, so I'll be streaming a lot more. So you can check. You can check that out. I'm planning on doing more indie stuff. And uh, Jeremy and I, we did a retro. We did like some uh, Super Nintendo classic stuff that'll be on YouTube soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll be posted by the time this video or this episode is up. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be up by the time that one's up. But you can check all our stuff out there. But um. Until then, you can see us next week. Is there any? Do you want to take us out, John? Do you have anything to say at the end of the show? I'll use my typical sign-off for Nerd Noise Radio. And wherever you are, fly the N. Oh, yeah. Cool. See you next week. Thanks for listening. See you. Good for this okay. world knitter.